Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. What a disaster. What a disaster yesterday. Oh, Lord. It was one of those days where I'm having one of my moments. So I wait for the train at Waterloo Station, which eventually arrived, but it was way too late. Way, way, way too late. And and I'm thinking, and then and so I'm the only one on the platform. I'm sort of thinking maybe a train will come in. It'll be nice, won't it? And so I've got got my book ready to read, but it didn't. Came in on another platform. So I sort of wandered round casually, seeing a few people congregating. Uh, meanwhile, there's loads of people looking at the uh, the boards, you know, waiting, cancelled, cancelled, delayed, cancelled. And uh, eventually, I get a train, and it's going to Hounslow, which means it stops everywhere. But I was lucky because when it when it came in, I was right next to the door, got in, got a single seat, which a single seat is a bonus to get on a train. It means that you don't have to share or people get, excuse me, excuse me. You just sit there. And I got everybody on their telephones around me, you know, in every language under the sun. I don't think there was anybody speaking English on the telephones, but that was fine. It didn't bother me. I've got a seat. I've got a seat. And I'm sitting there. And for some reason, I hadn't actually had a drink. I don't know why I'd not had a drink. But anyway, uh, I was sort of sitting there thinking, oh, I'd forgotten this train. It's so blooming slow. It stops at every station on its on its little journey to get to Richmond. And so Richmond was, was the, the destination. I thought, I'll get a bus. That'll be all right. And then I start thinking, you know, you know, when you're staring out the window and you start thinking about anything, really, apart from what you really want to be thinking about. And all I kept thinking about was, isn't it good I don't need to go to the toilet? And so and I was sort of looking out the window, think that's good. And then it seemed to slow down a little bit. And I'm thinking... Oh, I think I need to go to the toilet. But I hadn't had any water or anything like that. I've been quite good, you know, gauging it for the journey. And uh, staring out the window and thinking, musing away to myself, you know, how how can I get away with this on the train? And the answer is, of course, you can't, because the uh, the toilets were not in my section of the carriage. And because it was heaving, because all the people who couldn't get to Wimbledon are having to get on my train so they can then get a bus the other end to go somewhere. And uh, so going. it was just, it was chaos at Waterloo Station. Chaos. But the guard was very good on our train. She kept saying, I'm really sorry, I do apologise, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I mean, it wasn't her fault. And all I kept thinking was, think about something else apart from going to the toilet. So I thought, it's all right. We're nearly at Richmond, two stops away from Richmond. You know, and you sort of think, oh, it's such a relief when you get there. And you can finally go for a wee. Sorry to start the programme like this, but this, this was yesterday's highlight. In fact, actually, we had another highlight afterwards. But anyway, so eventually they go, next stop, Richmond. Change here from blah, 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 blah. And I thought, that's OK. Oh, God, I can go to the toilet. All I've got to do is get up the stairs. Difficult with your legs clamped together. Go, go along a little corridor, swipe in, then go down another set of stairs, then over to the left by Marks and Spencer's door in the station. It's all going very, very well indeed. I start walking down the stairs. I look to the toilet. The bloody doors were shut and it was locked. Toilet out of order. Out of order. By this time, I'm afraid my little body was giving up slowly but surely. And I thought, oh, no. You know what it's like? You know, when you, you suddenly think, you know... I might have to get some of those tenor men's pants, you know, just so I can, I can cope with things like that. But it, it didn't matter because I saw a sign that read exit to a rear car park. I thought, There's got to be somewhere you can go to the toilet in the car park. There's got to be. And I, and I go through the door and there's a few people walking towards me. And all I'm thinking is I need to find somebody like or somewhere, not somebody, somewhere really, really local to here. Because I'm, I'm wandering out into the street and you can't do anything there. And, so, and then I saw it. A cycle rack. Wow, a cycle rack. So I look round the back of the cycle rack. And um, there's sort of an office block there, but it did nothing. There weren't any windows on the lower level. And they got two wheelie bins. And I thought, I'm going to have to go behind the wheelie bins. Nobody can see me. 
So that'll be all right. So I go behind the wheelie bins. And uh, by this time, I mean, I could stand there for days. I mean, seriously, it was going to be a long, old process. So I'm sort of, and I'm sort of, you know what you're like, you know, and well, men, really, well, probably women too, if you've been sort of that desperate to go. And it seems to be on a regular basis now. And so we have to make provision. And uh, I'm just sort of looking around thinking, oh, what's that? And I look to the left and through the cycle rack, I can see a lot of police cars and vans. And I, and I, uh, and I look to the left of the police cars and the van and there's a big office block with people walking in front of the windows. And they're all police officers because I'm weeing next to the blooming police station. And I'm thinking, oh my God. What am I going to do? I'm weeing next to the police station. How am I going to get out of this? How am I going to get out of this? So I, d- I did what I could only describe to you as being totally inspirational. I get out my insulin pen. Because I thought, if any, the next thing is they'll all be coming to the window going, what's he doing? I think he's weeing behind the bins. Well, you can't do that, can you? But I, I wonder if you can, if you're incontinent. So I get out the insulin pen and with shaking hands, put a needle on, thinking if anybody asks, I'm going to have to pretend I'm not having a wee. I'm actually injecting my insulin. So I thought, I'll be in the local paper. I'll be caught on CCTV. Do you know this person? It's me. It's me. I was so desperate, so desperate to go that, you know, you had to, but it was, it was looking to the left and suddenly realising that the police station was there and there's loads of people. Yeah. Police, I mean, it, just, it was awful. It was awful. So I sort of, you know, tried try to be casual about it. You know, you pull your shirt down a little bit and, um, and eventually got a bus home, but it took, Blooming ages. Two hours to get home. I, d- I, w- I wasn't bothered by the fact it took two hours. I was just annoyed that this is this is occurring on a regular basis now. It's becoming a little bit too bad. I don't. I, if somebody wants to go on strike, well then go on strike, you know. But when it comes down to engineering and they and they haven't done it, they haven't done it properly. Do you know what I mean? They, they sort of they sort. Of, you think you should have finished this by now, and so I had to. I had to go. And that was that was it. So I eventually I got home. So today, if if there's a problem on the on the tube, I don't want to know about it. Or Trump problem on the, on our yeah whatever, and on the RMT, I don't I don't care. I do not want to go on a train that's not going to go anywhere. And also everybody wants to. What are you doing? You're doing something naughty. Are you not? Why do you both look guilty? Why do you both look guilty? I wonder. Is that because yes. <laughs> Lovely, isn't it? Uh, anyway, what did I, oh, I bought another coat the other day. Bought another coat. A camel coat from Marks and Spence. It's lovely. It's very nice. I haven't worn it yet. I might wear it for the light switch on. I've got my lights up in Twickenham already. There's only a few of us who've got lights up, and I have. And we had a little bit of a problem last night. Somebody came into the, uh, into the car park and set a little fire going. Down in the back of the car park. Luckily, it was it was sort of put out. It wasn't a particularly big one, so it might have been either somebody keeping warm or mischievous children. It could have been that. I don't know. So, unfortunately, I've got to deal with the police today and go back through the because we are CCTV racked up to here. So we shall find the people because we'll get them on high definition walking into the car park. They can't get in any other way, and the cameras will get them. And um, and uh, and then the police. Do you know you can't phone police stations? You can't phone a police station. You have to go through a central number and then they decide, are you an emergency? In which case, call 999. Did you know you can book this online? I mean, old people must just give up and go, well, I can't be bothered. Why can't you phone a police station? Why can't, what's the point of that? You have to be put through by somebody who thinks 
that your cause might be. I thought sort of trying to set fire to a car park would be sort of fairly high up the list, but it wasn't life-threatening. Uh, have you ever got caught short while you're on the radio? Do you want the honest answer or do you want the radio answer? The, the honest answer is yes. The radio answer is don't be silly. Of course not. Of course I get caught short. I do a speech programme. Well, can I, you can't do anything about it, can you, if you're sitting there? And, you know, they're all looking at me next door like, you know, the most horrendous thing ever. But they're a quarter of my age. They're going to get to this stage. Because as you get a bit older, things start collapsing. You know, you'll have to take little blue tablets and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. It's so easy to get there. And I hadn't drunk anything yesterday on the train. I hadn't drunk anything at all. But it's when, when I saw the toilets closed. That was like... It just really affects you. It's sort of really bad. I was in such a terrible state. But uh, there you go. We, we sort of get through it. Because when I went to see 42nd Street on Saturday, the, my friend Jordan says, have you been to the toilet? I thought, well, I've been with you. Obviously not. So, uh, so I went to the toilet. So he, he made sure that we were doing all of this. Because we were in the middle of a row. And you can't make people... When we go to Sadler's Wells at Christmas, they specifically now book me end of row seat. So if I need to go, I can just slip up the aisle, which is much easier. The only reason why Beluga Benny's still here is because he's a fan of the 4am spike, says Paul. I couldn't believe he was still here. What's he eating? Apart from shopping trolleys. I can't think of anything else you'd be eating in the Thames. There's hardly any fish, are there? So do you think he's sort of worked out the intricacies of how you put the pound in the slot? Or failing that, how you get the slot to, slot to give you your pound back again? It could be that one. I watched that great choir again from America. Twice this morning. There's another one. It goes, and I think it was in, I can't remember what it's called now. It's an Ethiopian. Civilization 4, isn't it? And it's really, it's really a lovely song. And they all, and I was, I was so taken by it. And I think they actually get a golden buzzer on it. And it was, it was in a film, but I can't remember what, what the film was called. And it's, it's really lovely. So you've gone all animated now, haven't you? Next door. It's a it's a lovely piece of music. Seriously, I watched it this morning with tears in my eyes. Probably conjunctivitis, I should imagine. But it's it's really it's a lovely piece of music. And they've used the bloke who does the uh, the sort of the solo in it uh, quite a few times. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, it's called Baba Yetu. This isn't the the choir, is it? This isn't the choir, is it? If you've never heard this before, you're in for a little treat. It's very, it's very... Oh, this is the Soweto Gospel Choir. Here we go. It's so good, honestly. Oh, do you know the words? Oh, wow, how exciting. How irritating. (laughs) Is it a choir? It's a super bit of music. It really is. I love this, seriously. It evokes all sorts of things, doesn't it? You can imagine jungle. I thought it was an Ethiopian song, but I think it's made up. I'm not I'm not entirely convinced. Here we go. made up wasn't it yes i thought so there's a lot of uh, this type of film music where they make up a language in there so it doesn't really exist but it's a super piece of music and it's called baba yetu baba yetu so if you want to check it out and you can find my my choir on there i say my choir i've kind of adopted them because i think they're so blooming good and i think they're so wonderful and there's footage of them as well at the uh, Cadogan is it the Cadogan halls yeah they were playing the Cadogan halls 
They should be over here for Christmas. It's too much. Too, too much. I love it. I must go and join a choir. Uh, Jackie says you can get pills for the bladder. Oh, right. Can you? Oh. <laughs> Somebody says you could have gone down to the car park and helped put the fire out. No. No. I was in bed asleep, actually. Uh, why can a human let a dog be anywhere, but a human can't? Is there a difference? Yes, dogs, uh, it goes on something to do with them going outside. There's something that, whether it's a smell or whatever it is, it triggers it. So dogs know to go to the toilet when they go for their walks, if they're house trained, of course. If not, they just wee on the carpet. Like uh, like Jordan's dogs and uh, cats. She just lets them wee anywhere because she's never bothered to uh, to train them. But there again, she did spend £46 million and we all laughed like drains. But she has come up with this brilliant idea she has uh, a severely disabled son, Harvey. She's never, ever asked his father, who is Dwight York, for any money. She's always said, I can do it. I can do it. And, and to be honest with you, she gets loads of help. He gets a car to school. He gets all sorts of uh, things because he's severely disabled. So her claim that she spent millions on him is basically a load of old codswallop. It's absolute codswallop. You don't need to spend millions. How do other, other people cope with severely disabled children? They don't have millions. It's, it's sourced through, you know, local councils and, uh, and the NHS and stuff like that. So that's why. That's why. So all this rubbish about... So she's asked him for £500 million. So the story goes. How much in debt is she supposed to be? About £500,000. And yet she's never wanted it before. Obviously somebody went, why don't you ask Dwight for the money? You, could, you can embarrass him in the press, which is what she does with everybody that she's ever been out with. So you might as well do it. And that, and that way it'll solve the problem. Still have to sell the house because, you know, unless she's going to keep £500,000. Because if you've already spent the money, what's she replacing? Nothing at all. Perhaps she can pay off some of her, her debts. That'd be nice. Uh, Steve, uh, getting home late, you'd have missed GMB. Coke toner, Vardy and Wooten. Oh, God, what a horrible combination. Wooten. That's Danielle Wooten, isn't it? Danielle Wooten. Yeah. And, uh, and Kerry Coke. T- what do they bother asking her about anything for? Do you know what planet she's on half the time? Total waste of time. As a result, Steve, of my own medical condition, I'm all too intimately familiar with the necessity of, of absorbency materials. So your police and pee anecdote was hilariously familiar, too. I laughed so much I had to visit the bathroom. <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? You know, when you say, oh, please, please, no, don't, don't make me laugh anymore because I'll wet myself. <laughs> Everybody's done it. Everybody's done it. Most kids do it now at the seaside. You can always tell if anybody's having a wee in the sea because they jump up to go with the waves. Why it makes any difference, I've got no idea. Because you've got your little swimming trunks on. That's what people do. It's like swimming pools. You know, la, la, la. But of course, they've got chemicals in there now. So all of a sudden, there's a rainbow of colours appearing around your body, which you weren't expecting. It was like being at a disco. That's like if you're actually flying on a, on a plane at the moment... And the stewardess will come on and she'll go, OK, there's two doors to the rear, two of the thing, lights will light the way, there'll be some oxygen coming down, but there won't be enough for all of you. So only a few people have managed to get it. And uh, by the way, under your seat, there is a life belt. You put it around your neck, you pull the thing, it inflates, and there's a whistle. And all I kept thinking was, so we're going down in the middle of the ocean and we're now looking around for a discotheque so we can use the blooming whistle. What was the point of that? And a torch! Oh, well, I'll wave that in the air. That'll go down very well, won't it? Every time planes go down, unless it's shallow water, these things sink and then they sort of kind of bob up again. They've just found a submarine that went down years and years ago. Well, I think with about 40 or 50 sailors on it and they found it. Well, obviously, they're not going to be alive, but I don't know whether or not they can lift it and get it back back out again. Who knows? Uh, The BBC Saturday Kitchen hit by a string of prank calls and... um, and the six-foot Shrek star putting dwarves on the dole. They are dwarves, by the way, just in case you think... I mean, you can call them little people, 
but dwarves is the uh, that's the condition. Dwarfism is the condition. And in Shrek, they have a bloke uh, called Lord Far- Farquhar, and uh, and he kneels down as an actor, and he plays a little person. And so the argument is now, well, almost within the last couple of days, why they're not using dwarves, and they're going, yeah, but you know, it's because they want a particular actor. And they kneel down, so he has to shuffle across the stage. And, and this, this dwarf has complained and said it's grossly offensive. You think, well, you've never, you've never complained up until now. This thing's been running for donkey's years. So let's wait and find out, shall we? Mike in Kings Langley says, I'm writing my annual letter to Santa, who in recent years hasn't taken too much notice. Do you think, listen up, fatso, might be the salutation to catch his attention. <laughs> I've got a film called Mrs Claus. Mrs Claus. Stuart says, imagine the headlines in the London Evening Standard if you were caught uh, unnamed LBC presenter charged with peeing behind a police station. Everybody's wondering who that presenter is. It's me. It's me. I mean, I think you have to use... I mean, otherwise, what are you supposed to do? Explain to me what you're supposed to do. The public toilets are closed on the station. What are you supposed to do? Can't just stand there and wet wet your trousers, can you? That would be embarrassing. Uh, Steve, I keep a bucket toilet, says Neville, in the van. Oh. Well, actually, I've got bags. Little bags. They're, they're supposed to be for children, for camping, but they work just as well for adults. It's just that you can't use them when you're surrounded by people. Because somebody would notice. All right, we don't need to shake our heads. Goodness sake, honestly. Yeah, people might notice things like that. <laughs> Not on this programme. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 24 minutes past four. Welcome to the spike. The only spike. Steve, it's the fellow choir lover, says Vince. I think we should do an online petition to get them here as they've got petitions for pretty much everything else. Yes. And Steve, it's a Kenyan song and the words are in Swahili. Our father in heaven, may your name be praised. I wasn't wasn't sure if it was based on that or if it was made up language. I'm really not sure. Couldn't we be used as some kind of fertiliser for plants? Possibly. I don't know. I'm not uh, not well versed in that. And Sue in Whetstone had a great night out last night at the REF Club. Old time music show and a real treat by Faye Presto. Still can't work out how the bottle disappeared into the table. Ha! <laughs> well, if you come to the Magic Circle Christmas show, mind you, I don't think there's any tickets left. Uh, I've got two, two shows. Then uh, you might be lucky enough to see that close up if you're coming. Because, uh, well, I think we've uh, we, we sold out the shows a while ago. So we look forward to seeing you all down there. But I'm sure somebody will do bottle through through table. And very good it is too. Very good. Uh, not something I can do. Megan turned up last night, Royal Variety Performance. They did a little uh, tribute to Dale on there, the John Culshaw thing, which was lovely. So that was quite nice. And uh, Take That were on there. I think because it, it was Harry and Megan again, and she sort of met Take That, and everybody had a nice time. My friend Paul went to it. He loves it. I've been so many years, actually. It's just that midway, I can't go. I can imagine being stuck in the middle of Royal Variety. It goes for days. Goes for days. Penguins in peril, but they have been saved, thank goodness. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, yes, more than 11.5 million of you tuned into the I'm a Celeb Return. And it seems to have taken on a different thing now. With, with Holly on it, it seems to work. It seems to work very well. And uh, they've got bigger audiences than he ever got. Not to say, because it might just be this year and they've got some interesting people there. Not really particularly interesting. Harry Redknapp is as dim as a brush. Seriously, I didn't, I didn't realise somebody could be that stupid. But obviously in the world of football, you can do just about anything. They're not the brightest people. He, doesn't, he can't do anything. 
He cannot do... And surprise, he's, he's managed to actually wash himself. Because it turns out his wife, God bless her, does everything for him. She makes tea, does the cooking, does everything. I don't think he lifts a finger. But then he does bring in the money, doesn't it? Uh, Mike from Finchley, a spiker, he says, uh, I used to feel exactly like you did, but now I never have that issue. I use a catheter. Definitely worth looking into. Oh, God, honestly. <laughs> sign of getting old, isn't it, really? A sign of getting old when things start sort of dropping off. Uh, so, over in the jungle, uh, Emily's battle in the shower and snakes. And, uh, as I say, it's, it's a bit of a race to see who can get under the shower first of all. John Barrowman or somebody else. And so it's one of them. There's a guy called Taron Egerton um, who has played Elton John. I don't know whether they've used him in the ad because most of the ad from John Lewis, it's Elton John lookalikes. I think they've used about three, which is good. Lee Ryan is hoping EastEnders bosses sign up his beloved dog, Georgie. Can't imagine why. (laughs) Why would they want to? Uh, He reckons his cute cavapoo could become the new Wellard. I don't think so, dear, no. We're looking for a dog that can be seen on screen, not something you could lose down a drain. This thing's very tiny. But um, it's interesting enough that Howard Donald from Take That uh, claims celebrities with dance experience, such as Ashley Roberts and Faye Tozer, who take part in Strictly, are cheats. Wow. They're cheats. Well, because what? Because they've got a little bit of experience? Yeah, that's all right. You can have a bit of experience, can't you? Uh, so Emily A. Tack, you won't know who she is. She's the only real, You'll know who she is because she snogged the bloke out of Strictly. That's the only reason she's famous. Her acting never made any impact on people at all. Uh, so, Noel Edmonds is real reason for joining I'm a Celebrity. Uh, he plans to use the show as publicity for a £60 million lawsuit. Well, we knew about that ages and ages ago. We, we, we told you that this one's been running for a while. Um, also, uh, he's probably getting about 600000 which is interesting. John Barrowman could stun viewers and campmates by getting his huge todger out a lot. That's what it says in the paper, seriously. He, he is known as an exhibitionist by his mates. He really is, actually. His pal is Keith Lemon. Ugh, how awful. And uh, he says that uh, John was always um, known for his displays of nudity. Yes, he always was. He always was. I can, I can only confirm that, uh, yes, we fully sympathise with you, say Guinevere and Trawney, and your bladder-busting ordeal. The toilets on the train we get from Waterloo to Ascot are usually, more than often or not, locked shut without any explanatory notice. We've noticed the quality of service gradually descending to the standards we were fobbed off with during the days of nationalisation. 15th wedding anniversary today. Oh, I tell you, I forgot to mention. So, 15th wedding anniversary... Uh, it's also the Queen and Prince Philip's 71st anniversary, says uh, Janice. And over in America, of course, what are they doing? They're celebrating Thanksgiving. Uh, the trees are very nice, John. You didn't know that we had a small fire in the car park yesterday. Some, I don't know whether it was children or whatever, but they, uh, they set fire to some things. It was Luckily, it was caught, so it was, it was put out. We don't know if it's malicious or it's just, you know, children being a bit thick. Uh, which is probably the uh, the answer, I should imagine. Because uh, my poor Lynn's up. She's going on holiday. Typical day for anything to happen, isn't it? So uh, we'll sort that one out. I looked at it and I thought, this could either be somebody just being a bit stupid or somebody was cold. We don't know. Thanksgiving in America. I think I'll be watching Connecticut and Holiday in Handcuffs. I haven't seen that one yet. My friend Ian will be watching that. So Thanksgiving. That's why people have to, people go round to other people's. Uh, houses and uh, they have to do it. So the tree's very nice. The the lights you managed to uh, unravel, I'm assuming. Uh, so that's good. There's only about a few trees that have got the lights up because they're doing them in 
in bits and pieces and stages, which is which is nice, which is nice. Ollie Mers became very anxious, apparently, after his infamous X Factor blunder. He went into therapy. Are we just a country now obsessed with... They always said, didn't they, years ago, whatever happens in America, ten years later, it'll, uh, it'll, it'll arrive here. And it has. We're all in therapy. Everybody's in therapy. Oh, somebody said this to me. I had to go into therapy. Somebody said this to me. I want compensation. That's what it comes down to now. Want comp- what do you want compensation for? Well, because I can go and buy things with it, like drink and stuff. And that's what, you know, a lot of people, they, it doesn't go to anything. That's like, you know, if Katie Price's story is to be believed, that she's had no money from Dwight York, which I'm led to believe she hasn't. But there again, she never wanted it. She's on record as saying she doesn't want anything to do with him or anything else. Now she's, somebody's obviously said, why don't you ask him? And she'd go, won't that make me look like an hypocrite? And of course it makes you look like a hypocrite, but she hasn't got anywhere else to go, has she? There's no work. There's no nothing else. Christmas is going to be a very dull time. I wonder if he'll cough up. I mean, to be in, in theory, he should. It's his son. Goodness sake, honestly. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And, um... <laughs> oh, the, the, the lights took forever to unravel, says that. Well, I didn't wrap them up. You wrapped them up. I didn't do them last year. You did them. Not being blamed for that, John. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Uh, Ulrika says, uh, hubby piddles on the roots of our lemon trees. Works wonder. Well, there you go. I don't know. Uh, I remember, actually, says uh, Jez, that uh, whilst heading out of London into Kent, I was busting to go, but there was no way I was going to pull over in a rush hour gridlock and delay the journey. So I utilised a Coke bottle twice. Twice. There you go, you see. I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. The toilets at Richmond Police Station have been stolen, apparently. The office have nothing to go on. Thank you, Nick. Very old, very old, very dated. So over at the theatre in Portsmouth, uh, they have Shrek, the musical. And they're either incredibly dumb down there or they've never been to the theatre because Shrek, the musical, always features an actor playing Lord Farquaad. And it's always an actor who has to kneel for it. They're not they don't want a dwarf actor. The whole idea is it's supposed, you know, they're looking for a particular Look, and in every Shrek, the musical that I've ever seen, it's always been played by an actor who does it on his knees. It's not a part built for a dwarf. It's a part built for an actor. And so theatre-goers and dwarf bosses are fuming, saying the performance is taking the mickey by forcing the actor to play the part on his knees. That's what the part is. They can't be that stupid. Please tell me they're not. That's every, every show of Shrek features the actor who plays Lord Farquhar on his knees with the fake legs in front. He's not meant to be a dwarf. He's not meant to be. He's meant to look like a normal-sized person who's been shrunk. And that's it. Angry Bill Nicholson said he was disgusted. Have you ever been to the theatre before, dear? It was running in London for ages. Perhaps you should have gone, educated yourself. And he thinks that people with dwarfism are being frozen out of stage productions. No. This has been running for, I can't remember when it started, 10, 15 years ago, at least. At least. And it's always in America, here, every production, always played by an actor on his knees. They say this one's over six foot tall, like he's a giant or something. He's an actor. He's playing Lord Farquhar. It's not complicated. And Samuel shuffles around the stage with fake mini legs in front of him. And um, because that's the whole part of it. Because at one point he has to swing one leg over the other. Well, if you've got a dwarf, you won't better do that. You won't be able to do it. He can actually move his... Because they're not proper legs. They're just pretend he's kneeling down. He was appalled. Mr Lickelson says he believes that bigger actors are cheaper to employ. What? You need to get out more, love. You really do. 
He was appalled to see a tall actor was playing the part. It's always been somebody tall playing it. What are you on about? You must. You can't have been outside for years. He was appalled to see it. The tall actor was playing the part. What next, he says? Snow White and the Seven Tall People. Well, you know that they've used... Oh, God, I better not tell him. They've used children before because you can't get as many dwarfs. Seriously. Whew, blimey. You'll be up in arms over that. And then there's a, an agency. They say there's lots of little people out there they could have cast. They didn't want them. They wanted this actor. What is it with you? Having an average size actor on their knees is almost taking the mickey, she says. No. It's always... Have you ever seen this production? I'm assuming you don't get out very often at all. Perhaps you've only ever seen them in sort of pantomimes or something like that with six other friends. But uh, she says, after about 30 seconds, uh, Samuel says, it's good fun. The audience spend the first 30 seconds when I walk on trying to work out how it's done. He's got a black cloth which is covering his legs and he shuffles about the stage. That's the whole idea. That it looks comical. He's not supposed to be a little person. He's a little person, but it's a comical little person. Oh, truth. Bloody. What next? Excuse me, principal boy, a girl? What's going on? Heavens above, you know, and, and the dame, a man? It's like they've never been outside the house, isn't it, really? Very worrying. Shocking film, which we all saw yesterday, which is really bad, of two, uh, well, it's some thugs attacking two cops. In the video, a female officer is fly-kicked in the head and is left sprawling in the road. I mean, these people need to be caught. They need to be caught, thrown into prison, stay there as far as I'm concerned, as long as you like. long as you like. The chairman of the Metropolitan Police Federation, Ken Marsh, says officers may have been uh, to start allowing violent criminals to get away because it's too dangerous to arrest them. Well, that's called lawlessness. That's called lawlessness. But um, they've got uh, all sorts of... I can't mention some of these things, they're cases. But these police officers were attacked by these thugs. Well, I think you have to issue them with tasers. They have to taser these people. You get them down, you handcuff them, you throw them in prison. They can stay there as long as they like, as far as I'm concerned. Who in God's name do you think you are? Absolutely nobody who deserves the right to be treated in any decent sort of way. Black Friday. You've heard about Black Friday, haven't you? According to the experts, uh, 90% of the deals are cheaper or the same price at other times of the year. It's a con to get you to part with your money before Christmas. So, high street chains, including John Lewis, Argos and Curry's PC World, sell 40%, 46% of the bargains for less in the six months afterwards. This is from Witch magazine. Uh, a huge 87% of products were cheaper at other times of the year, bringing into question the true value of the sale phenomenon. So, in other words, to bag a bargain, do your research. There's one here. A 60-inch LG 4K TV was advertised at 799 by Amazon, but it was £50 cheaper on at least 62 occasions afterwards and dropped by a further 150 in January. A Sony Cybershot SuperZoom camera advertised as 189 by Curry's PC World found £10 cheaper at least 27 times before and 43 times in the six months afterwards. In other words, you know, it, it really... <laughs> the Fitbit Ultra HR Activity Tracker sold at £109.99 with a £10 discount by John Lewis, although the price later dropped to 39 99 So if you're going out, check carefully, because there's a very good chance it's uh, it may be not as good a deal as you probably thought it was in the first place. Uh, here's a man. His name's Michael Farns. Got a new baby, granddaughters, and he's got his... They always say, don't they, £10,000 worth of lights. There's no way this is ten grand's worth of lights. They're mainly cheap sort of decorations. He just plugs them in. He's got 30,000 fairy lights. Well, that's, 
that's three three boxes of lights. Neil will tell you you can get 10,000 lights in a box easy. And they've got Santas, elves, reindeer, and um, and people go part. And it's lovely. It's very nice. I don't have a problem with things like that. I wish it was a bit more sort of structured. Most of just chucking lights on something. It's not quite the same, is it? Not quite the same. Michael Parkinson's son was put in detention for saying he played football with George Best, even though it was true. Because Michael Parkinson has written a book about George Best. Actually, uh, there's a book about the Bay City Rollers. New one. I got sent it uh, yesterday. I'll tell you all about it a little bit later on because it's uh, another book. You know, the group who was sort of doing S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y. Hey, hey. Gonna keep on dancing to the rock and roll on Saturday night, Saturday night. They were good, the Bay City Rollers, loved them. And uh, we've talked to the lead singer, Les McEwen. There's another book on behind the scenes, the sort of the stuff you don't really want to know about, or you probably do if you're a fan. And now this is another one that's coming out as well. So I'll tell you all about it a bit later on. Um, what was the other one? Oh, yes, daytime television could lead to an early grave. That's not much cop, is it? You don't want to do things like that. Oh, can you imagine? An early grave through watching daytime television. It's lovely. <laughs> I don't know why. It's not because it's bad, I don't think. It's just because it's it's sort of the way it is, isn't it? It's sort of, the, you know, you get Eamon Holmes. You just think he's going to go to sleep, don't you, halfway through the interviews. You've got Rochelle, who's struggling along with old Pip Schofield. I mean, I'm not surprised he's delighted. It makes him look brilliant. She can't read. It's embarrassing. She trips over words. She's sort of, <laughs> And then they've given her and the husband um, a quiz show on a Saturday, working on the assumption that, oh, any old Tom, Dick and Harry can do a quiz show. Whereas, of course, they can't. That's why it was all down to Brucey and people like that who were good at doing quiz shows, the Tom O'Connors of this world. You know, not somebody who was in a boy band and somebody who was in a little girl band. That doesn't give you any credibility. And they go, oh, they're really popular. Yeah, OK, well, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. I don't hold out much hope for it. But there again, I never do. Because they go, oh, I think I'll do a quiz show. And you go, it's really difficult to do a quiz show. Really difficult. They're going to be all over the place. It's going to be really, really naff. Steve, your bladder issue got me thinking of times that your body's not your friend. <coughs> Excuse me. Only when you have to wake up early in the morning and you're trying to get to sleep and your body says, no, you're not going to sleep tonight. You have so much energy. You see, I don't have any trouble sleeping. The, the sleeping bit doesn't bother me in the slightest. I, I, can, I can sleep, you know, for the country, for the country. Uh, only when you oversleep will you get pillow marks on your face. Oh, that explains a lot about poor little Cheryl thingamidoodah, zippity-doodah, uh, the one who really shouldn't be singing uh, at all. And, uh, and when you're running late as well, because running late means that, you know, it's dreadful. You're about to leave the house, then you get the urge to go to the toilet, and uh, and you have to stand with the dilemma. If I go to the toilet, I could miss the train. But if I don't go, I might not make it till the uh, till the train comes along. It is true, isn't it? It was it was a big decision for me yesterday. But uh, the decision was let's go to the toilet. Oh my god, it's closed. How can it be closed? It's almost like there's somebody up there going right. We're going to make you work for this one. It was, <laughs> was the fact it was near the police station. Uh, Daily Mirror will come round to in a moment where uh, Universal Credit Hell is forcing women to sell sex and jungle lands. Secret heartache. She looks completely different. Without her makeup on, it is, it's a different person. Completely different. There was a woman on the train yesterday. First of all, she was sort of chatting away to her. She put her bags on the seat. Somebody made her move them. And, uh, and then she, so she was on the phone. And, and she's eating porridge. 
on the train. I mean, honestly, what a peasant. What a peasant. Nobody eats porridge on the train unless you're a peasant. So having finished that... And then she sort of finished putting spoonfuls of porridge in her mouth. And uh, then she decided to do the makeup. So we get out this huge bag and start... I mean, really, where these people come from, I've got no idea. Dreadful. Waterloo, I think. Mm. Needed that cup of tea this morning. So if you've just woken up, I hope you're well. And uh, if you had to go from Waterloo yesterday, you'll be feeling exactly the same as, as I did yesterday. We managed to make it, but for those people who were going on further, it must have been the nightmare and the journey from hell for all of you. Still to come, the 999 officers facing a resident parking. One of those people who writes a note, you know, don't park here, it's got, you're not on an emergency. You want to go around, drag them in. They found out who it is, because they're a bit thick. And uh, they should really deal with people like that, you know. Just park a fire engine outside their front door. Say, oh, terribly sorry, you have to use the back door, won't you? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, you're very nice to be company. Tuesday, 20th of November. And uh, we've had this before. Do you remember the story about the fire engine that pulled in some, an ambulance? And this woman wrote a very rude notice saying, this is private parking. And you think, oh, God, honestly. And there's another one here, an angry note put on a police car. While the officers attended a potentially life-or-death situation, so disgusted were Surrey police that they mocked the irate resident on Facebook with a heartfelt apology and promised to be more aware. The officers parked in a residence bay in Hawley to get to an address following reports of a distressed resident potentially being beaten up with a child. When they found the note reading, park your police car outside, this is private parking, the writer told them, I don't care, it's not my emergency. The police got huge support. Eileen McLaughlin said, no doubt they'll be the ones to expect emergency services to come out when they want help. These people are thick. Seriously, I'm, I'm, I'm sick to death of seeing people on the television. My favourite people, whenever they're sort of they're screaming outside their houses and things like that, and then they see the camera, get that effing camera away from me. You've got no right. And they go, you know, they've got every right. They've got every right. But my favourite yesterday, I hadn't seen it before. It was a brilliant one. It was a, a West London takeaway that um, you have to pay. You have to pay because they owed money to the bailiffs. And, uh, oh, they lied through their teeth. Oh, they lied through their teeth. So the bailiffs turn up. This is the can't pay. We're going to take away your restaurant. And uh, they'd ignored it. They'd ignored the, uh, the things. And it started off as a £600 debt that they owed. By the time the bailiffs came around, it was 1,700, OK? Because people are a bit simple. They don't know these kind of things. So they explain it to them. And so they go in there and say, well, you need to get the owner. And then one of the diners gets up and starts mouthing off. And so they go, sorry, are you the owner? No. Well, it's nothing to do with you. I can't discuss it with you. Well, this is, you know, you don't have any right to do this. Of course, they have every right because they're more intelligent than the thick people who are eating in this restaurant. Uh, the woman running it um, appeared not to be bothered about anything at all. Little did she know things were about to change quite badly. And so they give it all of this and they drag it out over the programme. She knows it's going to be a fairly interesting one. And uh, he said, well, it's 1,700. No, it's not. Yes, it is. And also, it's nothing to do with you. Go sit down, little man. Silly little old man. What a fool he was. And then he came up and he threatened them. I'm going to go and get the community here. I don't know what he was suggesting, but uh, so they went, well, we're taking that as a threat, so they called the police. Well, little silly man who was eating his dinner was obviously the thicko of all thickos. He didn't realise that the police were actually going to turn up because they're on the side of the bailiff. The bailiff is there with a court writ from the high court. This is not local. It's not piddling around in the street going, oh, you must pay this or we're going to close you down. Anyway, eventually silly man went because he suddenly realised he was losing it big time, was in danger of being arrested. 
for a breach of the peace. Then another one turned up from the back of the shop somewhere, nothing to do with it, and started pushing people around, little realising the police were there. They threw him out the shop bodily. He was another idiot. Obviously somebody without a brain cell, unless it was in his rear end. And so the bailiffs are going, listen, is the owner coming? Because otherwise I'm going to start removing. I'm not wasting any more time here. We don't have the time to faff around with people like you who are crooks. They knew they had to pay it and they didn't. He said, well, it's now going up. It's now £1,800. <laughs> I was laughing because I began to think, haven't you seen this programme before? You need to get out a bit more. Like in Portsmouth, they're not getting out often enough. And so eventually the owner turns up. No, I'm not paying that. I, I paid that anyway. And it turns out he didn't. He just produced the original note, which was 547 quid or something. So he was as bent as all the other ones were on there. Eventually, they said, listen, you're either going to pay it or we will remove. I'll take everything. I'll take all your kitchen equipment, everything. You'll have nothing. At the moment, the restaurant's empty. The police have stopped anybody else going into it. So it was all looking fairly promising. And then he decided to pay. Now, had he done that in the first place, he could have saved himself a few hundred quid. It all could have gone very well. and everybody Because if you owe money and the bailiffs turn up, they're not going until they get it. It's as simple as that. Uh, Scott says, have you seen the new MTV show, The Royal World? I've never seen anything on MTV. I have no idea what it is. Not anything at all. It's, um, it's, is it feature one of, features one of my favourites. Oh, right. Who is... Oh, not Lady Colin Campbell. What a hello. boy. Hello. How are you doing? Oh, hello. Have you heard How Hello. You Good. You are... I'm Tyler. Tyler what? So Tyler Dooley Markle. Tyler Dooley Markle. Markle. Markle, like. She's a bit peculiar, isn't she, Lady Carmel? Okay. Would you like to have a seat? Yeah, please. Would you like to have a seat? Yes, I'll take that one. Put it in the van, boys. Oh, sh. So here she is talking to the peculiar. It's an odd one, isn't it? It's an odd one. But there you go. She she likes the television attention. Is it very. Oh, did they swear? Oh, oh, I wonder what that was. Oh, was that the rude word I heard? Oh, right. I don't do rude words, as you know. But uh, as I say, anything with Lady Colin, you know, Campbell on it, a bit dreary, a bit boring. You know, oh, I'm looking to find somebody. I think I've got a date programme. Oh, go away. Seriously. A woman with, you know, no discernible talent at all. And, uh, and so she meets one of the mark. What a ghastly programme. What a horrible idea. Don't mention things like that to me again. You know, it upsets me. I was having such a nice day as well. Uh, Steve, I so sympathised uh, with your need to, uh, uh, to dash. As a truck driver who lives away all week and has type 2, I've noticed I need to go more often than I used to. It's OK in the country, but in town you don't have the facility. It's all right in a lorry, though, isn't it? Because in a lorry you're up above everybody else. I'm in a car that's down here. Or I'm in a train. So I did seriously think, could I actually manage to do it, Phil, on a train and get away with it? I thought, no, I can't. No, absolutely not. There's no point. He says, oh, by the way, since you told us about hot water and lemon juice, I've been doing that in the morning. But how long after taking it can you have a cup of tea? I don't think you're supposed to have the cup of tea, but it, does, it doesn't matter. He says, I have deployed the emergency system, an old wine carafe with a clip lid. Not great, but a real lifesaver. Yeah, when, when you have to go, you have to go, I'm afraid. <laughs> I can't do anything about it. But uh, thank you for sharing your misery with me at the same time. Uh, David in Crouch End says, the only decent quiz shows worth watching, 15 to 1 with Sandy Toxvic, The Chase with Bradley Walsh and Mastermind with John Humphreys. Yeah, provided they get some decent... They had some real thickos on Mastermind. I don't know where they get them from, the Thick People's Shop. Remember Lydia Dim? You don't read about her in the paper anymore. It's sort of... It's sort of we've forgotten about her. I mean, she was, she was so dumb. It was embarrassing. The first two are on daytime television, so I don't always watch them as I go out a lot of the time, but enjoy them when I do. They're entertaining and educational... Uh, some of the questions, you need to be a quiz genius to know the answers. But you get some people, David, that they are quiz geniuses. 
not the ones we see on the television. <laughs> Jackie says, I love can't pay as well, Steve. Uh, I just can't believe some of the people. They're amazing. They sit there. I mean, this bloke was threatening. You know, get out or I'll make, I'll make it difficult for you. Don't push us around, silly little man. Luckily, the police were there to throw him out. They manhandled him out. Get out. Made him look like a complete fool. I love it. Uh, right, a joy to meet you on Saturday. Your recommendation of Joe Allen was spot on. Bat Out of Hell was great. Thank you for the continued support of the NHS. In my humble clinical opinion, you look very well and at risk of making you blush, you smelled absolutely divine. Creed. Aventus. <laughs> Can't wait for the magic circle on the 23rd. Kind regards, Heather, the Norfolk and Norwich nurse and uh, FB Spiker group. Oh, thank you very much indeed. We were talking about that because... Uh, uh, when we sort of started, we were about the only two in Joe Allen's and it sort of magically filled up and uh, we all had a nice time, which was lovely. Uh, right. Uh, Lynn says, because she's, she's up, she's got to be early flight to Budapest. She says, let's hope the local police didn't hear talking about it. Let's hope they didn't. Do you know you cannot phone a police station, Lynn? Did you know that? You cannot phone a police station. You've got to physically go round there or fill something in online. I had a look at the, uh, at the mess this morning. I don't think it was anything sinister, uh, although I'm going to tell the police it's, you know, it, it might have been. I mean, luckily it wasn't near any cars. I think they'd have realised, but uh, we shall find out later on today who did it because of our super CCTV system, which is lovely. Uh, what else have we got in the paper? What else have we got in the paper today? We've got uh, Bonnie and Clyde, a pair who raided a store, obviously druggies. Uh, they launched a, a raid on a post office shop armed with a meat cleaver. The woman threatened the owner, Lee and Sue Evans, with the blade before the Bonnie and Clyde couple seen smooching on CCTV just before. We got your picture, love. I thought you'd be thrilled to know. This is in, uh, in Blackpool in Lancashire. They fled with 300. Sue said, when she said give me the money, I thought she was joking, but her face was pure evil. Yeah, we've got a look of her here. She's easily identified. You'll be spending Christmas inside, won't you, dear? Threatening people with a meat cleaver. Let's start doing short, sharp shock treatment, shall we? Let's stop faffing around with all these sort of people. So over in, uh, over in the reality biting for the jungle celebs, Emily A. Tack, uh, you know, a bit dreary. Harry Redknapp, I mean, unbelievably dim. I didn't realise he couldn't do anything at all. Uh, James McVeigh, polite with good manners, almost a bit too, too pretty. Uh, John Barrowman, he's already sung enough musical tracks for the whole series. Is it possible to mute him, they've said. No, he sings, but it's funny, isn't it? Because there have been other people on these shows and uh, they've never sung a, a note. You've got Fleur East. You know, she was on the X Factor. Anybody heard her sing ever? No. No, apart from on the programme. And so here's so John Barrowman, who's a showbiz lover, he sings all the time. She doesn't do anything because she knows it's going to embarrass her. It's just not worth... You can't compete with somebody like John Barrowman, who's just got an effortlessly fantastic voice. Very nice. Um, 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 I can't do... Oh, such a good story here, and I can't do it. The moment it wanders into court, it kind of kind of steals my thunder a little bit. But never mind, never mind, doesn't matter. It's, uh, it's Tuesday, 20th of November, and we've got the news at five coming up. The frontline officers who could let thugs go... If the public, that's you, fails to back them, according to one top cop. Megan turns up to the Royal Variety performance. My friend Paul Fear, he, uh, he went, because he always goes, he likes things like that. He's a secret lovey. And, uh, and they did a little tribute to Dale, which was quite sweet. They didn't need to, but they did. Uh, don't believe a word of Black, Black Friday. You're losing out. Some of these, uh, these bargains are not the bargains you think they are. Plus, uh, the governess struggles on in the jungle. And how many patrol boats are protecting our coastline? 
Would you believe two? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Tuesday. It's wet, it's miserable, it's horrible. It's not nice. Not nice at all, I'm afraid. But uh, they've said tomorrow, being Wednesday, they've said there could be snow. I thought we were going to get snow yesterday. Because it darkened over, the sky went very, what I call, murky. Not not rain murky, this was dark, oh, no, not snow, not snow. The trees are going up, because we're heading towards the end of the month, and it's the 20th today, so you've only got about another 10 days, the end of the month. Then we're into December, and then we're going to race through December, as you know. And there's another book out on the Bay City Rollers. It's called Bye Bye Baby, and uh, the title is I Ran With The Gang. My Life In and Out of the Bay City Rollers by Alan Longmuir. Now, Alan Longmuir, you will remember, died. He died this year, I think, uh, in July after a short illness, just as the book was nearing completion. So I'm delighted to tell you that the book is out now. It's his final say on life as a Bay City Roller. And for all the fans, I'd forgotten, you see, Alan was born in Edinburgh in 1948, so that took him to about sort of 70-something. You know, you, you can't believe, can you, that these groups... You just We always imagine that they're all at the same age, that they don't age. I don't know why I thought they were sort of, you know, 16, 17. They probably were when they started. But it's very interesting that uh, this is a boy from, uh, from Dalry who played some guitar and wanted to be famous. And the Bay City Rollers became mega-famous. I mean, everywhere there was the Tartan Army... Not just for uh, for football or anything else, or for rugby. No, the Tartan Army was uh, those who ran with the Bay City Rollers. Three-quarter length trousers, uh, scarves, all got... I mean, seriously, it was a look that you don't see nowadays. You don't, you don't, you know, there was no look, I think, that went along with the Osmonds, or no look that went along with the Beatles. You know, it was just lots of girls screaming. Like, really screaming. And they screamed for the Bay City Rollers, and they played up to it. Then it was, it must have been a, a great career. Trying to get the money back out of it, so they hardly saw a penny. They sold 120 million records. You were, listen, Nowadays, none of these people about will sell that sort of stuff unless they're a big group. And so, you know, for the rise of Roller Mania to the breakup of the original band 40 years ago, the Rollers became an international phenomenon. And yet bad management and that bad financial advice meant that the members themselves hardly saw a penny of the revenues. Somebody had it. Somebody had it. They weren't the ones who actually got it. And it was a shame, actually. But uh, I'd forgotten, actually, till I'm, till I'm, I'm going to read the book today, but I've got the, uh, the press release. So it's Bye Bye Baby, Alan Longmuir's final say on life as a Bay City roller. And it'll take you, uh, take you behind the scenes. He was an apprentice plumber inspired by the Beatles, the former group. And so many were, and so many didn't make it. So many didn't make it at all, and yet they were one of the groups that did make it. I was... You know, I'm old enough to remember Bay City Roller Mania on the television, their programme Shangalang, which had people screaming at them and you know, every time they appeared on stage. And it was lovely. It was absolutely lovely. But behind the scenes, a lot of heartbreak. Uh, what's the latest on the Royal Courtiers, Steve? Have we lost any more? I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that question is, I'm afraid. Uh, Steve, you made me laugh a lot this morning, but I'm stuck in Germany for a week with work. My colleagues don't know what humour is, which can be painful and awkward, says Amir. Yes, some people don't don't get humour, do they? I've noticed coffee shops, they don't get humour. Sorry to make you wait. Oh, that's all right, I was here anyway. Sorry? Listen, humour, completely over everybody's head. I must, I must catch up, actually, on, on sort of what, you know... Are there any Afghan comedians? Polish comedians? There must be, mustn't there? 
There must be loads of comedians, yet we don't seem to see people. The nearest we sort of get is Omar Jalili, which I, thought, I remember buying into the act when I first saw him. Oh, so clever. Talked to him a few times since then, and it was just brilliantly crafted. Uh, Dallas says, in the States, they really go OTT with their outside Christmas decorations and lights in big cities. It's the done thing to take uh, an e-evening drive around the affluent areas to marvel at the light displays. A bit like a trip to see the Blackpool Illuminations. Yes, I'm led to believe it's like that. And it sounds lovely. I mean, I've, I've got a book of Christmas lights in America and the people who decorate their houses. And it's, it's better done. Just sticking all these things over a house, like the guy I mentioned. If that, that rocks his boat, that's, I'm fine with that. I don't have a problem with things like that. But there's a way of doing it so it looks classy, not just loads of stuff stuck on the walls. His electricity bill must be astronomical. You imagine running things like that. Oh, crikey. And I've seen some really nice ones. It's really nice ones. But then I, I, a friend of mine, Paul, showed me his tree the other day. And he bought it, I think, from B&Q. It's seven foot, but it's all... Pre- he said it's the easiest tree he's ever had to put up. You don't need anything else on it, just the lights. And you just put one bit into the top, connect up the lights, plug it into the main... Boof, no, boof, bat, anyway, whatever it is, it works. And I said, God, it looks really good. You don't need to cover them. I mean, some, some trees look really good, covered in all the uh, the little dangly bits and the balls and the little and this and that and all the other stuff, which is very pretty. Because you see it somewhere and you go, I'll have some of that. And you get home and realise that the six baubles you bought are going to go nowhere on an eight-foot tree. That just looks ridiculous. And so I just use lots and lots of lights, different sets, so that, you know, when one's on, the other's off, and then they flish, flash and do all, all the nice things, which is good. But uh, his tree looked very good. About 200 quid, he said. Well worth it. It did look worth it. You can get them cheaper. I know you can. And here's a newlywed couple, Janine and Shane Scott, who now face getting a criminal record. And so they should. And so they should. Because their daughter missed school for their honeymoon. Their daughter's getting on a bit. She's seven. So, (laughs) and her name's Elisa. And they believe that the head, Kerry Coe, would grant the time off on the grounds of exceptional circumstances. I don't think so. What, getting going on honeymoon? Well, how naive are you two? You can't just take kids out of school and go, it's exceptional. What's exceptional about it? You've waited this long. Why couldn't you wait any longer? The answer is they wanted to do what they thought. So they've got a picture of them looking miserable. And uh, they expect, but they, they returned from their holiday... Because that's what it was. It was just a holiday. Whatever you want to tart it up as is neither here nor there. Uh, to £60 fixed penalty notices, which they've decided to fight on principle. What principle? I mean, they say it was a once-in-a-lifetime trip. Well, you just wait till the holidays. I don't quite understand this. I'm sorry, you're running a different system in the schooling than we're all used to. They could each be fined... Up to 2,500 quid of jail for three months over the five-day visit. Uh, Janine says it was a once-in-a-lifetime trip. I fully support regular attendance, but it was our honeymoon. Well, I'm so sorry, dear, for you. Why don't you just wait till the holidays and do it like normal people? I tell you what, let's just close the bloody school down, shall we? Let's close it down and you, you decide you want to do something else. You know, because that's just ridiculous. You can, you can go to the head and you can ask for time off. If the head's... They didn't even bother going to the head. They didn't even bother going. They say, you know, I mean, you know, Declan Donnelly and Holly Willoughby have said that they would take their kids to Australia for I'm a Celebrity, but you'd have to get, I don't know, well, if if you get permission, you can do it. I'm assuming Holly Willoughby's kids go to a fairly nice school, so you just ask. But this, this couple here, they're due before the magistrates today. After pleading not guilty uh, to the strict liability offence, meaning they've got no defence. 
She said the trip, 3,000 quid, was paid for by wedding guests and uh, it was... Wait for this bit. Here we go. It was meaningful and educational as they went to the Memorial Broadway, the National History Museum and Wall Street. But uh, the head teacher told us that she only gives permission in exceptional circumstances and she felt this didn't meet it. Well, of course it didn't. You can't just sort of go, I'm going to take the kids off school. That's just being ignorant. She says she's only ever been off through illness, but you have to have evidence of that. So if you don't have a GP note, that doesn't count as authorised either. Of course, I mean, what's the point of you sending your children to school? Quite clearly, you're that arrogant that you think you don't, you don't need to bother. Well, take them out of school, send them somewhere else. Chain is a, is a, a stagecoach bus driver, and uh, his grandparents looked after Roman during the trip in June, but they didn't feel it was fair to ask him to care for Elisa, as it would have meant taking her to and from school. So he just took her out of school. I mean, you know, we read about these stories. And then Shane goes, it's absolutely scandalous. Elisa goes to Bella Italia, the park and local supermarket, on school trips. You can't just take her out of school for your honeymoon. How selfish are you two? She's seven. The head teacher says the parents booked a holiday in term time without any prior discussion with the school. We were left with no choice but to request that a fixed penalty notice be issued. She's just following guidelines. I mean, I'm assuming that's what it is. You can't do it. Some people do. You have to ask. If, if she'd, have, she'd have said no on this one. And then it's a case of, well, you can't do it. But of course, the, these, these people are sort of, well, we're doing it anyway. Well, then you're going to get a fixed penalty, aren't you? And if you lose and you end up with two and a half thousand pound fines each... Because this wasn't exceptional circumstances. You know, you're not facing a life-threatening illness, are you, or something that we're not aware of? No, you just decided you were going to take the kids out of school. You could have left them in school and the grandparents could have looked after them. That can't have been too difficult. You left one of them, so why not the other one? I just don't understand. That's a, poor old headmistresses or headmasters are stuck in that position of trying to fill the schools up. There's people begging, begging. In other countries, taking time off. God, they worship... The idea that they're, they're being given an education. Over here, no, no, we wanted to do it. It was exceptional circumstances. No, it wasn't. You did it during term time. Naughty, naughty. We'll wait and see what happens later on today. The theatre I asked about yesterday was indeed The Mermaid, says James. Mum recalls it being built. Remember, it's it being a big thing at the time. Well done to the listeners who could tell us so quickly. You can always rely on LBC's listeners. They know the answer to everything. Seriously, I came up with that programme yesterday. Uh, I still can't remember, Chrisley or something like that. And it's this campus Christmas bloke and his family. It's, it's, like, a, it's like the housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, the housewives of Cheshire. My God, there's a few old, uh, old dragons in there. Don't you speak to me like that. Like, it's, seriously, it was just appalling the other day. And, uh, and there's one old baggage in there who's had her boobs done and she's had this done and everything else done. She didn't seem to like anybody. You've got poor old Christine McGuinness. I mean, she can't hold her weight with anybody at all. She can't even keep up with the uh, with sort of the discussions. Not that there are, because she's too busy trying to hog camera. Uh, Chris in Bristol says, Alan Longmuir's brother Derek played drums in the Bay City Rollers. Well, actually, I've got um, Les McEwen playing drums as well. It was a nice little group, I thought. Uh, even though they never sang on the first record. You know who produced them at the beginning? Jonathan King. Jonathan King was the producer of that. And Keep On Dancing... Uh, was not the Bay City Rollers. It was, uh, it was a group of session musicians who sang it. That was their first hit. Once they got established, then they sort of went, right, group, put them all together, da-da, Bay City Rollers. And off went the hits. Ian and Wendy from Somerset. Where are 
we're at Bristol Airport this morning, travelling up to Edinburgh for the Christmas markets, but we're taking you to listen to in the morning. Oh, that's nice. It's nice. I quite like that idea. Uh, getting ready for the cab, says Lynn. Speak when arrived at Budapest. So I've just realised I've done that one already. <laughs> just like to mention it too. She'll be sitting there going, have I got everything? Cigarettes, money, cash. They're going to Budapest for a weekend. It's lovely, isn't it? I bet it's blooming freezing. Oh, I bet it's freezing. And uh, happy birthday to the oldest pair, the oldest twins in the country, identical twins, Phyllis Jones and Irene Crump. They were both born in 1916. They've got each other's names as their middle names and shared their first job at a porcelain factory before marrying. And they celebrate turning 102. Many, many happy returns of the day. 102. They've given them each a cake. Well, I mean, they're not going to eat that, are they? 102, you don't eat very much unless it's liquidised. And they put a few candles on the cake. So, uh, not, not many candles, obviously, otherwise they'd be driven back by. But 102 years old. Many happy returns of the day, ladies, and you have a nice time. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I've decided I'm bored with Christmas adverts already. I don't care now. I don't care that Waitrose and Partner, you know, are sort of taking the mickey out of John Lewis's advert because it's the same group. I mean, either way, it's a waste of bloody money, isn't it? Huge amount of money. Bored already. I mean, you know, that is... A little bit funny, this feeling inside. I'm not one of those who can easily hide. I know it's not much, but it's the best I can do. My gift is my song, and this one's for you. And you can tell everybody that this is your song. Maybe quite different now that it's gone. Hope you don't mind. I hope you don't mind what I put down in words. Rubbish, and it's honestly, seriously, <laughs> I could do the whole song if I thought about it. It was always one of my favourites, actually. Always one of my favourites. Always used to love your song. I used to think, you know, I mean, he, he must get bored witless, you know, doing this thing every time he goes on tour. But I love it. It's one of my favourites. I also like Funeral for a Friend. In fact, there were so many of them. Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy is one of my favourite albums. And yet, if anybody asks you, they say, "Oh, is it one of your favourite albums?" I go, I, "I probably couldn't remember. I have to come up with all these different things." <laughs> I love doing it to, uh, to the words of music, as it were. Uh, so more theatre-goers complain... Well, it's the same one, actually, in every paper, complaining about the uh, using Shrek and a six-foot actor. Well, in the original thing on Broadway, he was six-foot-four. So did you go over there and complain? No, you didn't. Why didn't you? Because you don't get out often enough. This show has been running for donkey's years very, very successfully. I've seen it a few times. It's lovely. Uh, married Top Gun teachers porn vid goes viral on base... Oh, dear. This is the footage of a decorated RAF man. When I say decorated, not like a cake. You know, he's not wrapped tinsel around his head. But he stars in a porn film. This is uh, married flight sergeant Mickey Doyle's sex scenes with... I can't tell you the name of the film. Um, ..have been shared amongst other aircrew on his base via social media. He's 48, he's a course instructor, and years ago he made a pornographic film, which has now been viewed by just about everybody. The RAF say that uh, when he appeared in this low-budget film, because they were never high-budget, uh, and he branched out into pornography, he was out of the RAF. Then he rejoined the RAF. But as I've always said to people, if you have uh, yourself photographed with no clothes on, then there is the chance that later in life it'll come back and haunt you. Somebody will sell you down the river and they'll go, listen, so-and-so, so-and-so's got this. I mean, I should imagine he must be deeply embarrassed. He will be t today because he's all over the sun and other pap papers as well. Go on, admit it, says Ali Ross on TV. 
You want Ant McPartland back in the Australian jungle as fast as possible. Uh, with or without his rehab certificate, preferably, preferably driving John Barrowman's Jeep. So I can't work out from this if Ali Ross is a fan, because I thought it was going really well. Really, really well over there. Um, they, the, um, he, he's talking about, you know, Emily Atack and the Chase governess Anne Hegarty. Used to be a brownie, as well as eating quite a few of them, he says here. Little little play on words. And um, But I think Holly Willoughby's done quite well. It obviously worked because their audience figures are the highest they've ever been. Needed a bit of a kick up the rear end, didn't it? Uh, quiz show Mouthbreakers of the Week. Uh, this time it takes Joe Lysett. In what year does George Orwell's 1984 take place? Sarah, don't know. Pass. Joe Lysett. Measuring the strength of earthquakes, the Richter scale was invented by Charles... Francie went, Dickens? Oh. Is there, I said, there must be a, a stupid place, mustn't there? Probably Lowestoft, I should imagine. I don't know why. They've still not found the winner of the lottery. Somebody, I mean, it must be somebody who's sort of... Perhaps they went there for a holiday, went back abroad, never even thought about it. They're losing out on £76 million. Or it's what I said before, it's a criminal. And he's worried that his past is going to catch up with him. <laughs> Uh, the Chase, Bradley Walsh. Between Newcastle and Gateshead, the King Edward Bridge spans what river? Bethan? The Thames? I mean, really? Are these really the dimmest people ever? And Joe Lysette, Nicholas Sturgeon, Scott or a fish? Kirsty? A fish? I mean, where do they come from? It must be the dumb, the dumb land. Perhaps they've been taken out of school by their parents some time ago. Ridiculous, isn't it? And um, what have we got? Michael McIntyre's big show, uh, which I have. I know it's costing a fortune. Michael McIntyre's big show, and uh, great sporting insights. Gary Neville Lingard has his hands in his head. Not really great, is it? Really? What's this one? You're trying to find something? Oh right, the chase meltdown. After a contestant said the wrong answer. I don't think we're going to get it, are we? I don't think we're going to. Oh, we will. Just give it a second. We have to sort of try. Oh, look, there we go. And uh, this is, uh, I don't know, the guest star. So what German company takes its name from the founder, Adolf Dazzler? And Bethan says, Hitler. I mean, <laughs> I know. I mean, sometimes we don't. We don't know the answer to these things, but if so, why do you put yourself up on television? Because now we all know that you're really stupid. You know, which German company takes its name from the founder, Adolf Dazzler? Hitler? I mean, really, there should be a, a door that opens and you just push them into it, and it's full of really thick people. Really thick people. And, you know, you have to... You have to you have to call them out, I'm afraid. It's just not physically possible to be that stupid. Although it is in, in one um, centre, the uh, the Tinwald Mill Centre on the Isle of Man, which is lovely. And uh, a polar bear model looks like he's driving home for Christmas, if you get my drift. Families were left stunned at the lewd positioning of the Arctic animals. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, the bosses apologise. Again, dumb, dumb and dumber. And here they all are. Stephen Lynch says they might want to rethink that. Another joke, best Christmas display I've ever seen. It does look as though something's going on. And, of course, you know what adults are like. They're looking at it. <laughs> Why not? There was a bus driver as well 
sacked because he tested positive for cocaine, has just got £37,000 because he doesn't do cocaine and a tribunal has now agreed that it came from fair money that he handled. Because we don't have fair money in London. We don't... Uh, it's all it's all cards. You don't... You, you, no, nobody takes cash. Well, as far as I know, they don't take any cash. But uh, very interesting. This, uh, this poor man, he, he was in a living nightmare. Now, excuse me... Mm-mm. He's feeling a lot better about life. What if somebody would come forward just before Christmas to claim the 76 million? Wouldn't that be lovely? What a lovely Christmas present. I'm hoping it's the 102-year-old twins. You've got... You've got 70s... Oh, Lord. Um, a doc, is there a doctor? Ambulance? Anything like that? Because, I mean, that could kill you, couldn't it? Just, I mean, it wouldn't kill me. I'd be out... I don't know what I'd be buying. You can't go out and do something that quickly, so I don't know what I'd be buying. I'd probably give them all a voucher here. I'd give all, all, the, all the staff at LBC to be a voucher. Or failing that, I'd just have loads of champagne delivered and, uh, and charge them, you know, cost. I don't want to sort of make any money out of it. Well, giving it to them for free. What do you think I am? Mr Charity... Steve, I cannot understand, says Robin, who's in Batasi, why Elton is appearing in two ads. Is he running out of money? Snickers and John Lewis. Well, he's been doing adverts, it turned out, yesterday for, for quite some time. But I didn't, um, I didn't, um, I didn't know that one until I, I saw it yesterday. Steve, I hope Shrek is played by a real ogre too. If not, they're taking work away from genuine ogres. Saying that, they always need to find work on the Jeremy Kyle show. Oh, I think that's all agency stuff, isn't it? What'd you do? What do you mean you slept with my mother? Well, yeah, and well, we're gonna we're gonna do a DNA test. Okay, we asked we asked Emily, spelt M A Lee, and uh, d- did you sleep with your mother's husband? No, I never did. Why did you say that? Because I never did. Survey says you did. Boo, boo, hiss, and off they go to a chorus of catcalls. I love it. At least you find out the ones you put out, don't you? It makes it so much easier than having to sort of buy him a drink. I saw you on the Jeremy Kyle show. Go on, home. Here we go. I heard a track of Elton John's final album last week. Sounded okay. Have you heard it? Says Albert. When he retires, the music industry will be lost. He won't, he's not going to retire. What do you mean, retire? He, he can't retire. What else would he do? He'd sit at home being really, really miserable and grumpy. He's stopping touring, but not performing. Oh, no, no, he loves it. Uh, Morning, Steve, says Lou in Chesham. I signed the Ricky Gervais Save Mufasa, the lion petition you mentioned. Let's hope he lives his days naturally, not killed by some low-life, greedy trophy hunter. I fear the worst, I'm afraid. Money speaks, like £50,000 speaks. Uh, Ian in Dundee, my favourite Elton John album is the double album, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. One that includes Funeral for a Friend, Love Lies Bleeding. It, it goes into it, doesn't it? So it's, he does it live as well. He does that one live, which is lovely. Uh, eventually, having heard your great words about Aventus uh, Creed, somebody's buying me a bottle for Christmas, says Mark. Uh, it's very expensive. I hope it's really as good as you say. Oh, you won't be disappointed. Blimey, well, should be good at 250 quid a bottle. <laughs> it's, seriously, it's so expensive. But everybody notices it. They all go, oh, that's nice. And I pinched it off my friend Danny. He was wearing it, and I went, oh, I like that. And it's a long time since I've smelt an aftershave. So uh, I'm currently running three bottles. I've got two at home, and I've got one with me. There's only a little tiny bit in the one with me, so, you know, it's not worth sort of fighting me for it or anything like that. I always give, you know, Mike, the... uh, Australian producer, give him a quick squirt. He likes that. He likes a bit of a quick squirt. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. 
Honestly, my life costs so much now. If only I'd never met Danny, I'd be fine. It was because this... And then when he told me how much it was, and I thought, I love a challenge. And the challenge is that you can go and buy something like this. But then I thought I was quite good. My, my bank always phoned me. Well, I, I phone her as well. And she'll go, oh, you're doing quite well with money this month. She said, you've still got money in the account. Always comes a bit of a surprise. And I went, oh, that's good, because I'm, I'm obviously much more careful. And you have to be when you go on Danny's recommend. He's, he's the only man I know who's got, um, is it a Dyson hand dryer in his bathroom? An, elect- an, elect- an electronic hand dryer. Can only do your hands, although I suppose he's probably tried it elsewhere. And, um, and it's sort of, you sort of put it in the, and then like that. And I always fancied that idea. I always want something, you know, when you get out of the shower and you can't be bothered to sort of wipe yourself down with a towel. You feel like you could stand in a tent and it would blow warm air all around you. And that, that would, I've, I quite fancy that idea, but it's, it's never happened at all. Uh, anyway, so Danny's already responded, saying, you're very welcome, gorgeous man, proving that he needs to go to Specsavers as fast as possible. The one thing I've never been is gorgeous. And a friend of mine, Christopher, says, you're Jeremy Kyle. It's quite superb. Quite superb. It is like that, though, isn't it? It, it does become uh, a, bit of a, a bit of a predictable show. They go on there. You know that it's going to be screaming. You know that somebody's going to stick their head around. He'll go, get them off. Get them off my stage. And then he sits down. He, Look at me. Look at me. And meanwhile, the girl is sobbing. He slept with my best friend. You think, of course he did. Have you looked at yourself in the mirror? Good God in heaven, of course all these... It's just dreadful. It's just dreadful, but it has a strange fascination, doesn't it? You can't help but sort of watch it. I'm just dreading it one day. I'm going to see somebody on there that I know. I'm going to go, I know that person. In the same way, I'm probably going to a feature on the CCTV in Richmond as the man weeing behind bins. That's what happens when you're incontinent. You know, you can never sort of work it out at all, can you? Uh, What else we got in the papers today? Lady Gaga uh, has been having Bradley Cooper as her chaperone. They had the Governor's Awards in L.A. on Sunday. The Star is Born pals were not, for once, seen posing together. Wow. I often wonder what it must be like. I mean, I know people who are in the business and it must be a nightmare that you can't go out anywhere without somebody saying, hello, but I found a man who is going out now. His name's Deke Duncan. Woo! Remember this name. Deke Duncan uh, is 73 and he lives in Stevenage. I know somebody has to, but there he is. And he's been, he's been playing radio stations. And he's only ever been heard by his wife. And he's expanding his audience. Why is that? It, it, he has no, no licence, so the station could only be beamed through a speaker in his living room to his wife, Teresa. Lovely, isn't it? He's doing it for his shed. And he's sitting there, and the wife's going, oh, God, he's on the radio again. Anyway, and so she's got a speaker with a long lead on it, and he's been playing pop records from the back garden since 1974. His interest in radio was sparked by a pirate station, Radio Caroline, which broadcast off the coast of Essex in the 1960s. So he set up Radio 77 after he got a job lot of second-hand jingles bought from an American station of the same name. That's lovely. Well, anyway, and the, I've, I've seen a picture of his, uh, of his shed. Well, bless his heart, they've given him a, they've given him a, a job uh, on the local BBC station. And should we hear, oh, is he talking to us? Oh, how fantastic. Listen, savour every moment. I want to offer you a one-hour special over Christmas on Three Counties Radio. Happy Christmas, Deke. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, Deke, after 44 years, your dream is going to be a reality. Oh, wow. that is just so lovely. You better pass the tissues. Uh-huh. <laughs> How does it feel? That feels really nice. I'm, I'm your one-hour show, mate. Don't get over I'm yourself. I'm speechless. 
Yeah, speechless. <laughs> That'll be useful for a presenter. <laughs> wow. So there you go. Oh, that's cool. And what he have they done it. for Deke? Oh, thank you. He's been broadcasting to an audience of one, and now he's got an audience of two. Fantastic. Well done, Deke. Tracked down by BBC Three Counties. I love those lo- those local radio stations, I tell you. They get the, the, sh- the wife are going, oh, God. Uh, the house was our ship. They took the fantasy so far, and uh, they loved it. And the station, his little station, has been the subject of a nationwide report. And, and then BBC Three Counties, because they're running out of ideas already, decided to track him down and double his audience. I think that is so lovely. How sick. Fancy, only a one-hour show. Give him the whole output over Christmas. He'll sit there. And he's moved. He's now moved to Stockport. He says he still broadcasts Radio 77 to the smallest audience in the country, his wife. But he said he felt very emotional when station editor Laura Moss invited him to present his own one-hour special over Christmas. Ah, riveting. But anyway, so well well done. Well done, Deke. As I say, unfortunately, I'm busy over Christmas, so I'm, I'm not able to actually hear it. But I'm sure it'll be absolutely wonderful. The wife will be going. He's very, he dedicates all his, all his tunes to me. That's lovely, isn't it? But uh, I love the idea he's moved as well. <laughs> so, in fact, he made regular references on air to the fact he was broadcasting from and to 57 Gonville Crescent. But only the wife can hear it. You can't, you can't hear it anywhere else. I love a happy, happy story. They used to use a woman on another BBC local station, and she was very old, and they went, she's, she's very good. So they, they gave her a, a programme as well. She, she died. And, uh, no, I mean, I don't mean that in a sort of a sort of flippity-jibbit kind of a way. I'm just sort of thinking, it's the shock, isn't it? You know, it, it's everybody's dream to do a radio pro- Imagine doing a radio programme where they go, there you go, that's your programme. What's it called? Well, your, your name. Really? What? Steve. Yes, you can have your own radio programme and you can and you can broadcast. How it works, I've got no idea. Seriously, I could sit here, you know, if I was 42 and try and work out how radio broadcasts. I never did a pretend show, no. But I, our, our, our big boss did. Upstairs. Not here, but he had his, his parents built him a radio studio in the apartment and he played radio. You see, I didn't. I was, I was too busy practising, you know, to sort of... To, Tune in things. I always thought that if you had a crystal radio, you could attach it to the radiator and you could pick up alien voices. I was that naive. That's what I thought. I never thought about radio. Never thought about it. Uh, Chris in Yorkshire says, I work with Danny. I wish he'd worn Creed today because I think he's using toilet duck. So cruel. So cruel. I don't think anybody works with Danny. I think he's a standalone boy. I think he's, he's a standalone boy. But he was the one who, who literally put me on to... To Crete, I smelt it. I went, oh, that's really lovely. And, and people, you know, somebody said earlier on when we had our nurse in Joanna, she said it was, it's a lovely, it's, it's beautiful. It really is lovely. Uh, uh, Carl says, have you noticed that when the women on the Jeremy Kyle show try to justify sleeping with her boyfriend's five mates, she usually says we were on a break. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, we weren't actually going out at that particular time when she slept with half the street. It's all good, isn't it? Creed Royal Old Millicime is not a bad fragrance. No, Ulrika, I only like Aventus. I've tried the other ones. I've tried them. I've had a, had a little squirt. And no, I'm only going to go... This sort of Creed website. The Aventus candle is worth getting. Oh, I like the sound of that. There's an Aventus candle. Wow. Well, listen, if the aftershave's 250 the candle can't be far off it, can it? Because that's obviously got a rank with sort of Joe Malone stuff. Creed Aventus candle... Have they got a shop in London? If they've got a shop, I could, I could be doing a visit. John Lewis, do they? John Lewis and partners sell it. 200, what, of a candle? 
Oh, right. I don't know what, what 200 grams looks like. Is that normal size or... Oh, did it? Oh, um, 95 pounds. Oh, bargain. Don't they do a bigger version? I'd like a bigger version of the candle if they, if they do something like that. That'd be lovely. Oh, I never thought about that. I'm still doing Joe Malone and Joe Loves, because I love Joe Malone, the person. And they only do the one size. Oh, how disappointing. How disappointing. Never mind. Never mind. I shall, I shall get there. Perhaps Danny will come up with something. I don't know. He's always quite clever at stuff like that. <laughs> do you think there'll be a Christmas special of the Jeremy Kyle show? Do you think there will be? Do you remember there was that one in America... Who was the one who did the show in America where they brought somebody on and they they had a surprise for a guest? And in one particular case, I can't remember what the name of the show was, but it was it became very famous because it was uh, a guy who was gay who fancied this bloke and he was writing to him. But the bloke didn't know that it was a gay guy. And so he turned up on the show. They said, well, you know, da-da-da-da, it's a big surprise for you. And uh, we have a surprise uh, for you. And, um, and, and, and you're going to find out who this, who this person is. You're going to be confronted by the person who's been writing to you. Yeah, great. When this bloke walked through the, uh, the back of the stage, you could have seen the look on his face. He was not happy. He was not happy. In fact, he was so unhappy, he shot him. Not actually live on television, but, I mean, he was because he'd been humiliated. And they then decided maybe shows like that weren't particularly good. Uh, Ian says, I sometimes listen to Three Counties Radio. I'm so excited for you. And uh, like, you are the listener. We found you. We're very excited by this. <laughs> you watch. They'll write to me before long. Go, Dear Steve, I think we better let you know that our TSA is... What a, I only quote TSA because I don't know what it is. Apparently, they've got somebody called Jonathan Vernon Smith. Known locally as JVS. Really? I thought he was known as something else, but that's, you know, just my own opinion. He's very good. Pfft. I don't think so. I wonder if his favourite biscuit's a hot knob. Because generally speaking, you know, local radio... Is he, is he very posh? Hello, Jonathan Vernon Smith there. Do you think he's a member of the Royal... Is he, is he very posh? Oh, how funny. Is it put on or is it he's genuinely posh? Oh, how sweet. I bet he writes to me. I bet by tomorrow morning I'll have had an email. I generally get things like that. They go, oh, I've been listening to you for years, Steve. And you've just taken the mickey out of me. And you think, well, obviously you've not heard my programme before, have you? <laughs> Which we like. OK, check on the roads and rail. Please, not problems. Please, not problems. Uh, apart from, I think we had um, uh, Hogarth Roundabout. One vehicle breaks down. Buy a proper car. You've confused everyone. There's now people having to queue up behind you, waiting for it to be towed away. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, 11 minutes to 6. I know if you're sort of desperately trying to get to the airport and the traffic's a bit bad, down at Hogarth Roundabout, you've screwed it up this morning, haven't you? You're in big trouble. Everybody's going to be booing you as they drive past, very slowly. Why can't people buy better cars nowadays? I thought they were making them better. Uh, Steve, there's a Creed shop in London who personalised bottles for you with your name on. Well, that would be personalisation of bottles, I should imagine. Thank you, uh, thank you, Charles. Very nice. And, uh, Steve, have you tried the Creed perfume oils? 20 smells the same and lasts ages. No, perfume oils really came in and out of my life fairly briefly. In the 70s, uh, Dale and I used to buy them. We found them in a little, sort of these little bazaar shops which had joysticks in the, in the window. And we bought one which was strawberry, and it smelt of strawberries. And we used to dab it... Honestly, I can't believe what we did. We used to dab this oil on and <laughs> thought we smelled of strawberries, which was, uh, which was very, very strange, wasn't it, really? But uh, a strange childhood, strange childhood. Uh, other stories in the papers for today. 
Uh, you know, we've talked about Andy Hall before. Good looking boy. But the but the column, which is a shame in the sun, is just press releases. It's you know, if it's something on press release, then it's here. And uh, it, it should be but I don't suppose they have enough time really. In 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 between old Wooten trying to do every T V programme under the sun and moving no further. Moving no further, still in exactly the same position. It's just it's almost it's sort of shades of desperado. I did have another paper. Oh, that's right. There it is. Ah, because I was looking at it, and they're looking at two people. They say, you'll never guess their age, so have these two found the secret of eternal youth? And one of them, one of the people, used to be uh, in on LBC on a very, very regular basis. And the reason that they put him in the paper is because he seems to be eternal... You can hear me turning the page. I'm so sorry. It sounds very, very shoddy. But uh, he's, he's, he's old, but he's young. In other words, you would never guess how how old he was. I mean, I know because he's he's in show business, so it's all well documented. And I think you'll find he's about 82. 82. And, uh, and this is the great Jess Conrad, an actor and singer. Um, he's sort of... I don't know how he looks like this at all, but there's also another one, Jan Hunt, theatre producer, lives in Surrey. I know somebody called... Is it the same Jan Hunt, I wonder? And so they've got these uh, these people. Uh, David Hamilton is 80. Must be something about radio that keeps you young. That's what it is, actually, isn't it? That's what I reckon. Uh, there's a man here who's 93, but he feels 25. This is Pete Murray. Pete Murray is still going at the age of 93. He's six foot, he weighs 11 stone. And uh, he's a widower, because his, his wife died some while ago. He's a former broadcaster. And he was with LBC for years and years and years. I can tell you stories of Pete Murray. My favourite one is I saw him walking down onto Fleet Street. And uh, he said, see you tomorrow, Steve. And he always used to wear the LBC jacket with his name embroidered on it. And he said, I'll see you tomorrow, Steve. And I went, oh. And I looked at my watch and went, Pete, you've got another hour. Well, have I? And he turned around and went back, back into the studio to do his, his, do his last hour, bless his heart. But uh, he's 93 and uh, looking good. I mean, he does... Uh, his house has got four stories to it. You know, he obviously, he obviously did very well. And he plays uh, tennis. He can't stand the smell of alcohol. And he was a pescatari- pescatorian from a, uh, from a young age. About eight years ago, I suddenly went off fish too. And, uh, I mean, he's reached 93 and he doesn't take medication. That is quite remarkable. Quite remarkable. So, uh, good for Pete. And, uh, you know, his BMI is 21, which is healthy. Uh, David Hamilton is 80. He lives in West Sussex with his wife, Drina. They've got five children. He's five foot six. And he says, I've never been out of work since uh, starting 60 years ago. Well, I mean, amazing, isn't it? He doesn't look 80. But there again, you know, you, you say to people, they go, oh, how old are you? And you tell them and they go, all oh, right. And you think, well, what am I supposed to look like? What am I supposed to look like? I, d- I don't really know, actually. Les Dawson says, I always buy her red roses. And we still go for candlelit dinners. This is sort of proving that people are still very, very uh, romantic. Uh, John Blashford Snell, the explorer, says men see things through rose-coloured spectacles. They do. They do. And uh, John Osborne, the playwright, says grand gestures are the hallmark of the truly romantic. And I reckon that there's all these people. Thelma Williams is a retired therapist and trauma counsellor lives in Beckenford. She's 84. She doesn't look 84. It's amazing. It really is. People, but I think that people look after themselves now better than they did a long time ago. Now you can get all sorts of things which help you through. You know, you can spend your day in sort of shops taking this tablet and that tablet and this fish oil and that fish oil. 
Funny you mentioned Stevenage and Jeremy Kyle in the same show. Three people I went to school with uh, were on the show and I saw another Stevenage person on Judge Rinder the other day, says Alex, from Hitchin in Hertfordshire. And, uh, yes, I've seen Judge Rinder, actually. They get some peculiars on there, don't they? Have you seen some of them? Sure, they're all set-ups. They can't, they can't be genuine. Well, I always, I always think that they can't be genuine. But that's just me. That's me thinking about it. Uh, have you tried blending or layering Creed fragrance? No, 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 no. I don't do any of this blending or anything like that. You can make your own personal fragrance. Oh, Louise, not for me. Not for, I just buy it and, and that's it. Have a good squirt. <laughs> I, I must find the, uh, the Creed shop in London. Uh, that's definitely going to be the, uh, the thing for me. Because uh, if there's actually a creed, perhaps they do bigger candles. Perhaps I could make candles. Because it seems quite a nice idea. It seems I like the scent. But the fun thing is, after you've worn it for a little while, you can't smell it. Other people smell it. And that's the way it works. So, Royal Variety performance last night. And you'd be forgiven for thinking that it was only Take That. Last time I went to Royal Variety, time before that, Take That were on there. You could hear the creaking when they went down. Every night I do is pray. Or whatever that song was. And uh, so they met up again. Uh, which is lovely. And uh, Harry was unaccompanied when he made his only other appearance at the Royal Variety in 2015, which they just took the mickey out of him. They were taking the mickey out of him, and he's like, smile, smile. Well, that's your, that's your image, I'm afraid. That's your image. All the money raised goes to uh, entertainers throughout the UK who are in need of assistance. Uh, the Queen is patron. I think somebody said to her, would you like to go to... No. Uh, would you like... No. No, I've been before lots of times. Let, let's let Harry and Meghan go. She'll be, she'll be so tired over Christmas. She can do her, her signature dish, which is chicken, apparently. It's lovely, isn't it? Somebody says, I'm listening to you the first time on one of those little smart devices, in which you talk to saying, play LBC. Pete's getting out of the bed to turn the radio on. Alexa, play LBC. Always annoys the news desk. I always feel I have to do it, I'm afraid. I've just looked on uh, internet uh, for Creed and found it on eBay for eleven ninety nine. Do you think it might be, says Chris, 100% genuine? I think not. I think not. No, it's £250. Small bottles, 100 So if you're, if you're paying underneath that, you're going to be buying rubbish, OK? Don't even risk it. It'll be a waste of eleven ninety nine. Birthplace of Alan Longmuir... Uh, it's not pronounced Dolry, it's Dalry, says Ian. Yeah, whatever. Dalry. Well, that's stupid. Why don't they spell it D-A-L-R-Y-E? I do hate, but it's like Angela Merkel. It's Angela. Call her by her proper name, all this pretentious rubbish. So, why did 11.7 million make I'm a Celebrity the biggest show of the year? Sorry, Ant, says Jennifer Ruby, senior show business correspondent. Uh, says, could it be new recruit Holly's thigh-flashing outfits? Well, she, she's flogging outfits she's being paid to wear. That's what it is. I mean, she wears them on the show. Why wouldn't she wear them on this show as well? Uh, picture of the uh, of the Rooney's car. It's a good picture of the boys. It's very good. But, uh, you know, this is what their Christmas card is this year. I wonder how many times it took them to get everybody smiling at the same time. Because it works. It does work. I can't bear the couple. But, uh, but the kids are adorable. Absolutely adorable. Uh, also, the penguin in peril that melted our hearts... Uh, penguins abandoned chicks to save themselves. And in the end, the uh, the crew, because the penguins couldn't walk up the icy slopes, so the film crew dug steps. And they once they, they'd cottoned on to what it was, then they did it, which is lovely. Libby Purvis has accused the, accused the BBC of needy self-congratulation and said it acclaimed its own shows as if they were a football cup final. Well, they do what they have to, and nobody else notices them, do they? 
Uh, also, online abuse hitting the firm behind the Iceland orangutan ad row. I mean, now at least it's brought it to everybody's attention. I wish they'd, they'd put it on the top. How can you ban something like that? It didn't make any sense to me. Uh, so, lots of booze. But it's not booze. I can't believe it's not booze. For years, pale imitations, as you know, but this party season. Uh, try the new corkingly good low-alcohol drinks, almost, as quaffable as the real thing. So, I don't know if you've ever tried any of these things. You can buy Brewdog La Sour Raspberry Blitz, Infinite Session Pale Ale, Alcohol-Free Bucks Fizz. That sounds quite... No, they say you could drink the whole bottle and still be stone-cold sober. I guess, which one gets the biggest remarks? Seedlip Grow from, uh, from Waitrose. It's got orange, lemon peel, ginger and lemongrass. And it gets a five out of five. Sounds lovely, doesn't it, really? There's also uh, some syrup, spritz syrup. And so you just sort of add it to tonic or soda water, add it to Prosecco on non-dry days. They've got no secco, three out of five, didn't do very well, did it? Uh, Adams, no, sorry, Adnams, ghost ship, alcohol-free. It's only pound fifty-nine a bottle. It looks lovely, actually. And uh, spookily similar to the real ghost ship, five out, five out of five. It's all you can hope for, isn't it, really? I mean, mind you, I always think if you're going to drink alcohol, drink alcohol. If you don't want to drink alcohol, don't drink alcohol. And um, the uh, other one here, which I was doing... What was I doing on this one here? Oh, yes. They think they found the biggest ever caught in the UK. It's a rat, 21 inches long. Sounds horrendous, doesn't it? I know, even I don't like them. And uh, diesel fumes raise autism risk in... Babies. All of that and more, the other side of the news at six. Thousands hit by contact lens hack. Katie Price's brilliant new idea to uh, to stop the bankruptcy. She's asked for £500,000 from Dwight York. She's never asked him for a penny piece before, but she says she spent millions on Harvey. How she could have done, I can't imagine. Perhaps she's not claiming properly. But uh, that 500000 could get her out of trouble. Will he pay? He should do. It's his son. Let's face it. He's 15 years old, for goodness sake. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Tuesday, 20th of November. Racing away, isn't it, really? Do you know you can actually be not famous enough for a blue plaque? You know, somebody might nominate somebody and they go, I don't think you're famous enough. And there's a whole list of people who've been turned down, actually, including, you know, a Hollywood heartthrob. Uh, of the 30s and 40s, a test cricketer. Uh, nominations come in from all sorts of people because, I mean, some people also don't want a blue plaque on their house because it attracts unwanted attention. But uh, in the last year, Hammer Horror actor Peter Cushing and Mary Poppins author P.L. Travers were among the 900 to get a blue plaque in London. It's nice, isn't it? That's good. I like a blue plaque. We've got a, quite a few blue plaques around our way. Uh, Ian says, Steve, 7.49 on eBay for Creed. It's fake. OK, it's fake. I mean, surely you only have, have to have even a teeny tiny little brain cell to realise that something that sells for 250 quid, if they're selling it for 749, it's fake. It's fake. You know, uh, Steve, the cheapest Aventus is 170 for 50 millilitres and the dearest 785 for 500. If it was 11 pounds, I'd clear eBay. Of course, of course. And also the cheapest uh, Aventus in... Uh, in, in the Creed is, I think it's £100 for the smaller bottle and it's 250 for the normal one. Same price everywhere. And they sell it in Bentals in Kingston, says Brian. I know, that's where I get it from. You can also easy, you know, you, you can actually easily go and buy it on the internet, but don't buy it on... Listen, if it, if it sells for 250 quid and it's on sale for 749 it's fake. 90% of stuff on eBay is fake. I keep trying to tell people, and they go, oh, it can't be, why would it be? Because it is! 
Because it is. There's places turning this rubbish out. And uh, Steve says, I really felt the sincerity in your voice when you were praising that radio station for giving that guy an hour show. Just just think of the praise you would get if you gave me an hour of your airtime. Yeah, right, whatever. <laughs> Sooner we annex Formby, the happier I'll be, actually. Perhaps we could annex and push it out into the sea and <laughs> let it stay there, actually. Uh, another one here. In the 80s, I was living in Wimbledon Village and used to see Pete Murray in Tootsie's, which were eight great burgers, of course. I did notice... Uh, I didn't notice what he was eating or drinking. I think it was probably different, says Wapping. Um, I mean, he used to have sandwiches at LBC. That's all he had. I don't, I don't know what his, um, what his sort of uh, general liking of sandwiches was, because we were in Fleet Street, so we got loads of it. But uh, he was a sweetie. He was an absolute sweetie. Well, he is a sweetie. He's 93. He's in the papers today. 93. People are living into their 90s and looking great. But mind you, for years he's played tennis. He's always, you know, been a, been a tennis man. There's a transgender prisoner. There seem to be quite a few transgender prisoners. That means they're just the same as everybody else. It just means they're banged up in prison. This one is serving a life sentence for a sadistic murder. Is now having gender reassignment surgery on the NHS. On the NHS. This apparently is to improve this torturer's well-being. I mean, it's going to cost about £60,000. And so they will have to... I mean, the, the family of the victim of this person, uh, having to put up with this. They're going to have to take this person into hospital. They're going to have cosmetic surgery, 60000 about to improve their well-being. It's unbelievable. It says, uh, another says, has anybody asked the nursing staff who will look after her if they're happy to care for a murderer? I should imagine the answer would probably be no. A sadistic torturer. I mean, really dreadful. Really dreadful. Why do we have to pay for this? I mean, couldn't that be part of the... Of the penalty, I'm sorry, you're in prison for the rest of your life. You can rot there, as far as people are concerned. So I, I really want this uh, this surgery for my well-being. Your well-being? What about the family of the bloke who was murdered and tortured? Sorry, I can't can't agree to things like that. Happy birthday today to Bo Derrick. Remember Bo Derrick? Hardly any talent in the acting department, but she ran up the beach topless or something. And uh, that was in the film Ten. She, how old do you think Bo Derrick is? You'll be surprised by this one. 62. See, I thought she was old. <laughs> I don't know why. But um, uh, she, she married John Derrick, who was 30 years her senior, when she was 16. And that's the only claim to fame she's got. Her hair was braided and she ran up and down a beach, which is good. Uh, also born on this day, not with us anymore, is Alistair Cook, the Emmy Award winning journalist from Salford. Uh, also 1945. My father had a book of this, the Nuremberg War trials began with 20 Nazi leaders charged with war crimes. And in 1947, on this day, Princess Elizabeth married Philip Mountbatten in Westminster Abbey. He didn't have any money at all, and she had loads. And it was kind of a meeting of the families. And in fact, they, they do still meet up the families. The younger members of the family don't. They just sort of find any old Tom, Dick and Harry out there and sort of, you know, parade them in front of everybody. Uh, also, willy-nilly. Willy-nilly. Remember that expression? Oh, Willie, no, I don't know why we used it. But anyway, what it means, it means haphazardly, without direction. In the, in the 1600s, it suggested that something must be done no matter what, as in will, I, nil, I, with will meaning wanting to do and nil meaning the opposite. You're none the wiser, aren't you? I knew I shouldn't have gone down that route. I knew we were going to lose that one straight away. And uh, somebody says, Steve, 100 millilitres of Brut on eBay for 4 About the right price for it, I think. I think you can probably get a tanker full for about £4.50. Oh, dear. That was terrible, actually. That was terrible. But when, when, it, when it launched, for men, you only had Old Spice, 
High Karate with Valerie Leon and various other things. I used to use... What did I used to use? Dale was obsessed with aftershaves, but he always used... The same one. And he bought, when, when he discovered they were going to drop it, he bought up loads of it. Ho Hang by Balenciaga. It always sounded so posh. And he would take it in the car with him and he'd spray himself wherever he was going. And uh, me, I used to use... Uh, what did I used to use? Oh Sauvage was a fairly popular... Because it was lemony. Nowadays, we've gotten far more sophisticated, which is, uh, which is OK. Uh, Boris's water cannon. Another waste of money. 322,000 we paid for them. They've just sold them off for 11 grand for scrap. So that's a fraction. They were purchased by a firm that will scrap them a loss of more than 310000 for the taxpayers. They were bought only in 2014. A waste of money. What a waste of money. Terrible, isn't it, really? I mean, couldn't they have done something else then? Do they have to be scrapped? Do they not work? Could we not, could we not use them on the Jeremy Kyle show? I mean, you know, I'm thinking about it. OK, they all walk out the back door. OK, great, great. OK, see you later. And then you turn the water cannon on. And that gives us another laugh. You can get two shows for the price of one. Why not? Why not? Uh, cut sugar or face new tax, food firms told. This, I can't keep up with the amount of sugar thing. You know, that Jamie Oliver had a big thing about the, the sugar and everything else. Then he started putting a tax, I think, on fizzy drinks. So you were paying more. I can live without... Well, in fact, I don't drink fizzy drinks. I've had a couple. I tell a lie. I tell a lie. I don't want to be sort of uh, dishonest about it. I've had those which are orange, blood orange, and there's a lemon one. San Pellegrino. I can never remember what it's called. And I remember the first time I had one. I went, oh, that's nice. We've got to have loads of ice. I always ask in any... can't understand any restaurant that only puts two cubes of ice in. It's only blooming water. Frozen. Yeah, and you have a look at the side of the can and it's all... Is it 40% sugar? It was very nice, though. <laughs> I did like it. I thought it was quite nice. I know I'm not supposed to have stuff like that, but there you go. Uh, but So, Beluga Benny. Benny the Beluga. Remember Benny the Beluga? I think he's on a. I think he's got an agent. I think he's got Jonathan Shallot. That's why they're keeping him in the Thames. So he's still there. Two months after he appeared, he seems to be fairly happy. As I say, obviously on a diet of shopping trolleys and everything else that people are throwing into the river. So uh, we had a couple of sightings every week. Uh, what we don't know is as those fish move in and out of the estuary, whether the animal—they don't call him Beluga—whether the animal will change its behaviour or become habitualised to the Thames and stay here. Do they sleep? Do whales sleep? I don't know. Because, I mean, surely, if he's in the Thames, it's, on, it's a shipping line, isn't it, really? And, uh, and so I'm, I'm sort of thinking, you know, whether or not that sort of... Con- I mean, you can't just bob around and go, whale ahead! Oh, God. Oh. That could be embarrassing, couldn't it? But, uh, but he's out there. We're assuming he's a man. I don't think we've ever had that sort of, uh, sort of uh, queried by anybody at all. Nice, 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 nice. So, how to be 80 years young. Go on, there'll be people listening at the moment going, oh, I don't want to be 80 years young, Steve. I just want to sleep. I want to sleep today because it's cold and it's getting nearer Christmas and I can't be bothered to go and do anything. I was trying to find little sprouts the other day. You know, little sprouts. I don't want big sprouts. I can't do big sprouts. Little sprouts because you can get two or three on the fork. And for those of us who love sprouts. Although, who was that the other day who came up with a thing? Buttered bread, Marmite, crisps and salad cream. I think Nadia Hussein came up with that one. So it's buttered bread, Marmite, and then crisps with salad cream. Have you ever had crisps with salad cream? Oh, that's delicious. There is, oh, don't turn your nose up. Honestly, it's nice. It's nice. Not very... Oh, you could probably do it as a toasted sandwich, couldn't you? You could, if you bought one of those Tefal toasters or something like that. You could... I'd quite like the idea of that. That'd be sort of like a sandwich surprise. 
as you discover that the blooming salad cream burns the top of your skin, so you've got no skin left, which could be awful. Holly makes the jungle the TV hit of the year. The papers seem to like that. She's wearing all the outfits she gets paid for wearing, and the more she, she seems to be, she's the golden girl, isn't she? She's got nice teeth, nice smile, nice hair. She's got nice kids. You know, I don't know anything about the husband at all. I just know he produces that ghastly programme called Celebrity Juice. So we're never going to agree on that one. And uh, and we do like the Rooney's children. We're just not bothered about him and her. Well, least of all her. Him. Uh, but the kids look great. All wearing exactly the same outfits. And they're all delightful. It's a nice, happy picture. Let's hope they stay like that, shall we? Let's hope they stay like that. Uh, also, uh, Jungle Anne. Uh, she's got problems going on. They think she might quit because uh, she's finding it a bit tough. But she would have known that before she goes out there, I would have thought. But uh, she's given it the best. Given it the best. She said, uh, you know, she was saying the other week before, before she actually went out there, she said, everybody thinks I'm a lesbian. I don't know why people would think that. But anyway, and she says, I have to, when, when they write to me, I have to tell them I'm not. But it's very sweet. Very sweet. Uh, Steve, being a diabetic, are you able to drink fruit juices? No, no. Well, I don't drink fruit juices. The only thing I drink is I drink water. I drink occasionally... I'll go for Marks and Spencer's do a lemon lemon juice in water. They call it still lemonade. It's just it's 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 quite nice. So it's not got all the things in it uh, that it shouldn't have. But I don't uh, I don't sort of bother with anything else. I'm drinking a lot of milk at the moment. That's probably not good for me either. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Theo Usherwood uh, tweeted yesterday. LBC understands. Former Prime Minister David Cameron told Boris Johnson he would licence the use of water cannon in the event of further riots. Permission to use the three second-hand German water cannon was blocked by the then Home Secretary, Theresa May. There you go. Now you know. But we just sold them for, uh, for you know, <laughs> very little money. 322000 and we got 11 grand for it. It's not good, is it, really? Jamie Oliver's up and awake, as he always is at this time of the morning. I've never known anybody. I don't know when this boy sleeps. It's ridiculous. He says, I love Creed. Don't buy it online. He says, I got one from Amazon. 100% fake. Smelled hideous. Label fell off. 200 quid and I got no refund. I was asked to prove it. Because you can't, can you? That's, that's the trouble. You go, but I did. I ordered this something. They go, yeah, well, we don't think so. The shop is at 99 Mount Street. He says, and very nice it is too. Because I should imagine Jamie Oliver's wife must sit there thinking, what does he want for Creed? Let's get him Creed. It's, it's become a standby, actually. I knew the boy had taste. I knew the boy had taste. But what, I wonder who does all the shopping, the wife, in the house. I bet she's already done all the shopping for Christmas. He, he, he does the food bit. She'll do all, all the presents for the, uh, for the kids as well. That must be quite nice when you see all those presents under the tree. You know, in the last minute, you're still wrapping presents. Or failing that, you get in a, a wrapping firm who will come in and wrap your presents. They'll do the tri- they'll do everything. Don't need to do anything at all now. But I always knew he had taste. Uh, Lee says, my father was a builder. Many years ago, he did some work on Henry Cooper's house. For the last seven years of my school life, I had to wear every brute product going, as Henry kept giving my father bagfuls of it. So whenever I smell it, it reminds me of my dad. Yeah, my mother used to wear Diorissimo by Dior. <laughs> They're all looking at my window, honestly. All of a sudden it went a bit dark. And so I looked out there. Love you. Have a great show. Mean it. Not. And, uh, <laughs> ow. Oh, I've done my arm in. I did that the other day. I, I, I don't know why. I'm, perhaps I'm sleeping on my arm. Suppose you have to. Uh, try Brussels tops. You get baby sprouts on the end. I'm not going to buy a whole Brussels top just to get two baby sprouts. Could the water cannon be converted to snow ploughs? No. No, it's not worth it. 
Seriously. They've only got three. Only got three of them. Uh, and also, it says, read the water cannon. We've got atomic bombs, which we haven't used, but it doesn't mean we should flog them off for peanuts. I know, couldn't they just sit there? Somebody starts them up every so often. Richard says, fish sperm is a delicacy and used in sushi in Japan. It's called shirako. I hope I've just not said it. They do a programme on the television where they put up... Oh, you're right, thank you. And, th- and they put up Japanese words, you know, on, on there. And then I always repeat them, but I can't remember any of them. I repeat them every time I say, I always say, oh, perhaps I'll speak Japanese by the end of this session. I never do. I never get any further with sort of, although I'd love to speak another language, not necessarily Japanese, Chinese, I would love to go for. Uh, so, 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 how many patrol boats protect Britain? Two. That's it. Fat lot of use they're going to be, aren't they? Should we give up now? Because the world's going to finish, isn't it? All these protesters sitting in the middle of the uh, roundabout. Yeah, we could make water cannons float. They could be a, an, an aquafibian cart sort of thing, couldn't it? I don't see those so often now. Do they still float around the Thames, do this little thing? That's right. One of them caught fire. One of them sank, I think. But I used to quite like them. But they obviously sit there and wait till it fills up. And then they go down just by the MI6 building, our secret building, where all our spies are. It's just on. It's just by uh, just by the bridge, isn't it? Before you go to... La- it must be by Lambeth Bridge, I think. I always point it out to people. That's MI6, I say in a loud voice. I don't. I don't. Because I'm sort of worried there might be somebody on the train who says, Comrade... The blue squid flies at dawn. You know, and you never know. I don't, want to, I don't want to tempt any fate at all. Oh, my God. Harry Redknapp's in the shower. Uh, to say, I don't think he's ever been in a shower before, not by himself. Uh, and also, and the sad, sad, sad thing of the 12-year-old girl stuck in the Grenfell Tower. And she's phoning and she's saying that the flames are coming in. And, and the operator says, well, can you move away from... No, they're coming in. They're coming in. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. She died. She was twelve. An hour she was on the phone. An hour, and uh, they just she moved up the building. Whereas, in, to be honest with you, the flames were coming in the window. Dreadful, 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 dreadful. And they've still not sorted it out. There are still people living in rented accommodation. Why have they not sorted it out? Why are so many people, you know, able to fiddle the system and pretend that they were in Grenfell when they weren't even anywhere near it? People like that just. Ugh. <laughs> Dreadful. Uh, much better to be discreet, Mel, writes uh, Vanessa in her column today. Because to be honest with you, I couldn't care less whether she shoves half a Columbia up her nose or she doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't affect my life because I don't know her. She doesn't live next door to me. As I said before, all we want to know, Mel, and she does look completely different now, is who your dealer is so they can cut off the supply. But of course, uh, she won't say that, will she? But uh, she, she's sort of done a hatchet job on herself. Trying to make money, but how much money did she shove up her nose? I mean, we thought it was hilarious enough with Daniela Westbrook, who sort of moaned about it, had a septum done and all the rest of it. And this one was telling us she was doing six lines, apparently. Something every four minutes when she was doing the X Factor. Well, she can't have been doing that every four minutes on the X Factor. What, did she just keep leaving the stage? Or was she just doing it in front of everybody? Why would you, why would you try and be clever and tell people that's, you know, that's the way it is? It's not. Uh, also, Belfast is great, but my fans get a bit hands-on. This is actor Jamie Dornan. He gets the most attention from fans in his hometown of Belfast, revealing they get a bit hands-on. Ooh. You, you don't want touching. Rita Ora's picture in the paper today. Some bloke, reach, he can't believe it's Rita Ora, whereas, in fact, she'll be there for the opening of a fridge. And uh, opens the door, and he, he, it looks like he's got his hand on her boob. And, uh, and then somebody took a picture of it. So that's the picture that makes the, the newspapers. Also, uh, former disc jockey Liz Kershaw says she's lost faith in the criminal justice system after her mother's thieving carer avoided jail. She's ugly, too. And she went out there and she thieved £20,000. 
£20,000 and she get let off uh, jail. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. She says, my mother has deteriorated beyond all her recognition, even for a woman of her age. It's taken years of her life. Uh, this was up in Burnley Crown Court. They heard how Mrs Pickup was secretly being drained of 20 grand of her life savings by her carer, Claire Davis, a thieving little toe rag of the worst kind. How can people still... Oh, people like that make me sick. And so they, they spared her jail. I'd have had her in prison immediately. You're going now. Ten years. Off you go. Goodbye. And also rescued Stray. I like, I like stray dogs. They always seem a bit more worthy than anybody else's. And, uh, and I, I, I quite like the idea. This one's a staffy, And he was a stray. And, and you know what they work to? The ball. The tennis ball is what all these dogs are working to. That's their, that's their reward, the tennis ball. Otherwise, they'd be huge if you kept feeding them sweeties. He's the first staffy who's a drug gang buster. That must be a bit of a surprise for them. And uh, they say the houses we go into mainly have staffies, so it's a good step to be outside with them. Cooper, he's called. He's something of a celebrity. He's, he's a staffie. Because there's no such thing as bad dogs. There's bad owners, as we know. Loads of fake creed on eBay. Uh, Jamie, don't be tempted, says Neil. A good morning. Log fire on the go. How lovely, a log fire. I always imagine that Jamie's house has got a log fire. I always imagine. I think he's, he's, he likes things like that. Uh, Robin says, uh, re-broken down cars like the one at Chiswick earlier. If you can't look after your car, then maybe you shouldn't be driving. I know a lot of new cars have their faults, but why or why are they driving where I want to travel? And why don't people push their broken down car off the road? Oh, they don't. No, this is, uh, it's, it's, yeah, they don't. They just leave it sitting there. And go, oh. There was a woman years and years ago. It was so funny. And she was uh, she'd broken down coming off the Hammersmith flyover. If you don't know it, it's 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 two two lanes took you over Hammersmith. It's been a bit of a waste of space. But uh, the, the, the end result is a little bit better than it could have been. And uh, and she broke down just on the down bit. And she was sat there. And as somebody went past, they took a picture. She was leaning over the steering wheel as if to say, oh, God, not here. Because everybody hates you. Everybody hates you. Buses broken down. Everybody hates you. We have to pay and store and maintain these water cannons, so it would save money to let them go for free, says Joe in Doncaster. Yeah, yeah, I know I know we'd have to do that, but, you know, we had a lawnmower for years. Suffolk Punch, it was. Uh, it was very, very popular. I used to love it. It was, um, I think it had petrol in it. Yeah, it, it wasn't electric. Yeah, it must have had petrol in it. And you push the thing on the top to turn it off. And, oh, I used to love doing a bit of cutting the grass. Oh, blimey. Uh, don't, don't panic, Mr Mannering, they used to say. The biggest shopping day of the year. Tempers become afraid. And do your homework for Black Friday because not all the bargains are the bargains that you might think uh, they are. So keep calm. Find out about offers in advance. And don't be swayed because you see people fighting over television. You think, but a couple of weeks ago, you could have got it cheaper. It's as simple as that. But people like being, people like being taken for a bit of a ride, don't they? Also, the moment, this is in uh, Mesa del Mar on the, on the Spanish island of uh, Tenerife. And a monster 40-foot wave smashed into this, uh, this block. And uh, the wave reached the third floor, took the balconies off. Took the balconies off. It's unbelievable. The area was on a state of alert last night. The fierce storm battered the region. 39 people forced to flee two buildings. And, uh, and the northeast coast is where it all happened. The waves crashed over the seawall, which left 
streets flooded, 65 apartments, and people were forced to flee. Imagine, you sort of, we just go and sit on the balcony. Woo! The balcony's gone. The balcony's gone. Dangerous. Dangerous. There was something else. A friend of mine's going off to Grand Canaria uh, today, and I, I can't remember what it was. There was a story about Grand Canaria. It might have been that the weather had uh, been on the on the turn. Uh, Paul says, just been to the Royal Variety performance I mentioned earlier, and there was a lovely clip of uh, Dale in the memorial section. Him on stage at a previous RVP with John Cal. He never wanted to do it. I remember sitting down with him. And he said, oh, I've been asked to do this. I said, are you going to do it? He went, I don't know. I said, of course you must do it. And of course, then he actually did it. And he got a picture of him with the uh, with a member of the royal family. And that, that went in every place, I promise you. Uh, it got a, a very warm round of applause from the Palladium audience. That's nice. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 25 minutes to 7 at Steve Allen's early breakfast. And somebody says here, really? Bo Derrick, 62. If so, she's worn exceptionally badly. And then somebody else says, badly? Why? Because she's wrinkles. Never mentioned wrinkles. Never mentioned wrinkles. Didn't mention wrinkles at all. I don't know whether she's got wrinkles or not. And uh, somebody called Trees, slightly peculiar, says, stop buying into this myth that beauty is wrinkle-free. Hello? Hello? What planet are you on? Wrinkles, you know, used to be around. You don't find any old people who look their age nowadays, unless they're people who don't have any money. Everybody else is Botoxing and fillers and... You can't move in the high street. Of course it's all about wrinkles. You know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I don't have any wrinkles. I'm, I'm quite lucky. I'm fortunate and I'm blessed with good looks which I intend to shower on people over the festive season. Re Katie Price asking Dwight York, says Paul the cabbie, for some money for Harvey. I thought he was in court over debts. Well, he was the other, um, the other month, I think. Uh, HMRC are trying to make him bankrupt uh, because he owes £1.5 million on tax. What is it with these people? The rest of us have to pay tax. We don't go, oh, I'm, I haven't paid that tax. But apparently uh, they've said that he has a property worth £2 million. <laughs> You know, they say that. Who knows? And and that will then clear the, the debt. So contracts have been exchanged and he hoped a sale would go through soon. So what's that going to leave him? 500,000. Who's after that? Katie Price. This convenient amount of money. It's hilarious. Hilarious. As if, you know, she's never wanted money from him. Now all of a sudden she wants money from him. And so it's a case of before she went, no, I can do it. Now she's claiming that she spent millions on Harvey. Well, she didn't. Harvey gets all sorts of benefits. They don't have to pay for him to go to school. He gets a car to take him there. He's severely handicapped. That's why he gets cars to go to school and stuff like that. So that's why. So all this baloney she comes up with, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. And uh, Steve says, Chris, your liking for Creed and Jamie Oliver is perfectly predictable as it describes itself as the perfect fragrance for the man of action, bold, spirited and confident. He says that sums you up to a T, no doubt. I don't think it does, actually. It's probably a bit more Jamie Oliver than it is me. I just like the smell of it. I just like the smell of it. People always said I'm, I get more comments on that than anything else. So, you know, that's OK. Brute 33, really classy back in the 70s, says Alan in Basildon, uh, with the little silver shield on the chain. Did a bottle cost 33p? I can't remember what it cost, but it was it was the first commercially available... Uh, aftershave for men, actually. I remember putting it on. Yeah, splash it all over, he used to go. And I did splash it all over. People moved away from me on the bus because it was so overpowering. And I can remember standing on the bus thinking, 
is that smell? Perhaps there's a cat on board or something. No, it turns out it was my aftershave. So that was it. And uh, do you really think Henry Cooper, Kevin Keegan and Barry Sheen used that dreadful stuff? I used to like tobacco. Tobacco. We've got into the realms of local radio. What's your favourite aftershave? Tobacco. I'd forgotten about that. Uh, Nicholas says, baby sprouts. Had them Sunday, Steve, with our Sunday lunch. Brought them from M&S. Mum bought some too from Waitress. I've looked. They're not there. They're not there, I promise you. Uh, the HMRC email scam is out again as usual, just before Christmas. Looks official, but it's fake. Uh, it says, you overpaid on tax, so please claim your refund. Uh, don't think it'll affect you southerners, though. Don't pay any tax down there, do you? Well, we try not to. You know, I have to pay every year. I mean, I know now what I'm paying next year. I know what I'm paying in January, and I know what I'm paying at the end of July, because I'm self-employed. There's a, there's a depressing thought, isn't it? You think, I've got to pay... HMRC will never email you, OK? I get notification from the VAT people. And you log on and you put your passwords in. And that's the only way. And then they actually, they have another little trick now. Because they've got your phone number. And so they email you a number. The code which you put in. And then everybody's very happy with it. So, uh, but don't, don't be fooled by these sort of things. Steve, of course whales sleep. They use the riverbed. Right, you're barred. Straight away, Phil. He says, that those water cannon, couldn't they have converted them for airport firefighting use? I don't, yeah, why not? Why, I mean, you could, couldn't you? Perhaps they're too old. Paul in South Africa says, broke my foot Friday in, uh, in plaster. Husband snoring his head off next to me. Dying for a cup of tea. Oh, listen, I've had about three cups of tea this morning. I'm doing very well. And, uh, and Johnny says, uh, Creed is the best aftershave ever. The girls love it. I'll find something else. And... Uh, <laughs> I quite like the idea. I loved it. I mean, I seriously, I'm, I'm, I was using Estee Lauder intuition for years, years and years and years and years. Now, now I discovered Creed through Danny. I'm sort of that's the only one I buy. And I have to sort of, you know, I don't limit myself on it. I don't sort of go out and go mad. But I just just like to make sure that, you know, but they don't do it any cheaper. You can't find it any cheaper. So if you found it on eBay for four pounds, 74, 11 quid, it's all fake. OK, don't bother. Uh, fears for Anne. This is Anne Hegarty's shock decision to go into the jungle. Um, her beloved dad, Ken's death. She was, uh, I mean, uh, she was 47 when she was diagnosed uh, with autism. That's in 2005. Ken, her father, died a year ago. She said he was delighted when she became a star on the quiz show The Chase. He was thrilled about my success. I just find it's amazing how different people look with no makeup on. And she's got no, because you can't put your makeup on if you're in the jungle. There'll be a few few people who might have sort of done things like that, but uh, nowadays you don't. She's just out there getting through it. She'll be in for a fee. And uh, if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. She could win. She could win. But uh, then there's l- loads of other people on the programme who equally could win. Uh, plus, uh, oh dear, what have we got here? Uh, the adored elderly sell themselves short. I don't think anybody should sell themselves short. Two-thirds of young adults between 18 and 39, say they're more inspired by older people than by celebrities. I don't think you should... I mean, what celebrities have we got? What celebrities have we got? You know, you've got a, a few old people who've dragged themselves up from Love Island, a few people who've been on this NAF dinner dates programme. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. They're not celebrities at all. They're people who've been on television. You know. Uh, Steve, talking about Creed, I always had you down as a high karate man. Says Neil, <laughs> I have had high karate. I have had high karate. Every time I'm in John Lewis or Selfridges, I get a free spray of Creed. It smells expensive. It is expensive, says James in Torquay. It's not for you. 
You live in Torquay. It's not for you, OK? You go to the Torquay Hotel and look out the window and see herds of wildebeest striding majestically across the plains. You know, that's what you find there. And then said, so, you like the smell of Creed? Um, Katie Price likes the smell... Well, I'm not doing that one, Dave. Just in case. I mean, she might have liked a bit of Colombian. But I mean, just I think no, she was just being silly. She's not the most intelligent person. Brood could strip the nose hairs out of your nostril. Do you remember Aramis? Very. Pe- I'm sorry, what, what, where do you think you've wandered into? This isn't some station who cares less what aftershave you're using. We're just talking about me. Bit like D- Dior's Poison, the only scent that made me physically sick. Was it Dior's Poison? Was it Poison from, from Dior? I can't remember. I remember Poison. It was quite heady. Quite, quite heady. And uh, somebody says, uh, I know what you're waiting for. Winter Wonderland opens Thursday. And uh, Kevin the Milkman says, I'm delivering to Tin Can Coffee Stall as usual. I shall send pictures Friday morning. And it was high karate for the teenage me. Never had women karate chopping to get to me. I know. It was all, it was all a bit dramatic, wasn't it? You know, I, I, things like that. We liked it. Uh, Strictly Come Dancing, the perfect gift, they tell me. Got Bruno Bellissimo Blackpool. Oh, God, I'm not going to put that with him again. So, you're fantastical. Fantastical. A police force has hired a crack team of scambuster pensioners to help vulnerable OAP fraud victims. Because people would take advantage. And it could be your relative. Could be your relative as well. In court, as you now know, the couple whose girls skipped school to join their honeymoon. Yeah, their girl, sorry. They had a boy as well. He didn't. And so they've got, um, they got a, a fine. They shouldn't have gone. They, they wanted to share their dream trip with their seven-year-old after their guests funded the £3,000 five-day holiday as a wedding present. Well, you should have waited till the holidays. Don't take it in the middle of school. That's why you're in big trouble. In court today. In court today. And um, who's this one here? Lord Sh- Are you watching Lord Sugar? Are we, are we watching The Apprentice anymore? I don't even know who's in it. I just know they always seem to over-exaggerate what qualifications they've got and how successful they are. And that there's never been any proof in anything at all that these, these people are any more talented than any other person sitting by the side of the road twiddling their thumbs. Steve, I received a text, says Jack, saying my mobile numbers won me 200,000 on the Euro Mega Draw to go online to get it. Do they think I'm daft? Mm, never know. Never know. Uh, way back in 67, says Jan, I bought my then-boyfriend, Eau Sauvage, and I still buy it today for my son and for my partner too. I order mine from Dior in Paris and get the box sets, which are brilliant value. Dior also introduced Sauvage, which is awful by comparison, cheaper and chemical smelling. Might be. Might be as well. Child support is an entitlement for the child and is not money for the custodial parent to spend on themselves. Uh, yeah, are you talking about Harvey? That's what she's asked for. She's asked for £500,000. Judge Judy has no regard for any parent who fails to pay their child support and always calls them losers. In Harvey Price's case, both parents are ridiculous losers, says Holly. Well, I mean, she's obviously just hit on this wheeze that she can ask him. That could solve a lot of problems, you know, but it's supposed to be for him. But she's already spent the money on him. Everything He he gets loads of stuff, loads of stuff. And, uh, you know, seems seems to work for them. But obviously, uh, she's trying to make money. He's losing money because they want to make him bankrupt because he owes money to HMRC. I don't forgive anybody who doesn't pay their tax. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Ten to seven, ten minutes left of the most exciting radio programme in the history of the English-speaking world. Uh, high karate smelt like we, says Pablo. I quite like high karate. I love the advert. I thought the advert was great. Tom in Kent says uh, Musk Imperial. 
Oh dear. Very similar to Creed. Oh, don't be so ridiculous. Can't be similar to Creed. Uh, uh, cheaper. Oh, well, that's no, definitely not. He says, in my opinion, smells better. Everybody's got... The, you know, my father... I've used... Um, what have I used? Dunhill in the past. That was quite nice. But my dad was an old spice man. The mark of a man. Steve, downloaded a few uh, of your shows last week to keep me company on my flight to and from Budapest. I love saying that at the weekend. I shouldn't have needed to, as there were nine of us friends going on a sightseeing weekend who all got split up all over the plane. We thought it was because they, Ryanair, thought we'd be a rowdy hen party, but it seemed that uh, for everyone, even couples were split up unless the extra fee for seats together was paid. Also, the priority boarding queue was a lot longer than the non-priority, all for a fee, of course. And some of us still couldn't put our cases above our seats. They had to go elsewhere. That's always the way, isn't it? It's always the way, because they've got £55 fees for not being able to check in online after the website crashed. And uh, then you get, there was some man here, one user, handed a bill for an extra 110 quid for late check-in on two £46 return flights. Because their website was broken. (laughs) God, honestly. But there again, I can't criticise them. You know what they're like. If you want to choose to fly with them, that's your business. I couldn't, you know, it doesn't make any difference. I wouldn't fly with them. But there again, I've never flown EasyJet either. Not because I don't like them. It's just because I sort of think, you know, budget airline, get what you pay for. I want a little bit, not luxury, I'm not looking for luxury. Seriously, unless somebody's prepared to make me a rather nice dressing gown and a pair of fluffy slippers, in which case I'd be very, very excited. But, you know, if you fly Ryanair, you know what it is. Your case has got to fit this particular size. If it doesn't, you've got to pay extra. If you want to sit next to your friend or the person, you know, you're married to, you've got to pay extra for that. There's, a, there's extras all over the place. It's about six million quid a day, I think. I'm pretty certain it was certainly something absolutely horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. So, uh, but then you get what you pay for if you want to choose to, you know, if you choose to fly Ryanair, fly Ryanair, fly Ryanair. It doesn't make any difference. You know, you've, you've obviously flown with them before. That would be a lot easier. So, uh, you know, it, it is it is bad news. But I've said before, if you want to travel with Ryanair, that's their terms and conditions. So there you go. Well, as long as you downloaded a few shows. No, you can't have downloaded a few shows. You can't have downloaded a few shows. You can only have streamed a few shows. You can't do downloading of this show, can you? I don't know. Oh, the producer's now looking confused. But I, don't, I don't think you can. I think you can only stream. We'll have to ask Adrian when he comes in. Can we stream or download? He'll probably say you can stream. I think it was only streaming. That's what I thought it was. Uh, front page of the Express. Uh, Jungle Holly, what a scream. I mean, again, she's proved she's the golden girl that they want. Walk into M&S, any of the big ones, all the other ones, actually. Pictures of her wearing nice outfit. Whatever she puts on, she looks good in. I mean, it's sickening, I realise, for the rest of us. Uh, Police chief blasts our broken society. Witnesses refuse to help a female officer attacked by a kung fu yob. What she should have done is pulled out a taser and gone, goodbye, and sorted that one out. Daily Mirror today, Jungle Land's secret heartache. And her inspiration to do it. Go on. Go on. Keep going for it, Anne. You can do it. You can do it. Uh, story about Paul Gascoigne. Universal credit hell. Say the mirror is forcing women to sell sex. There was a woman in the paper the other day. Another one. We get them every so often. Every sort of couple of years. She's willing to sell her virginity for £56,000 so she can pay her parents' mortgage off. It's a form of prostitution, ladies and gentlemen. It's exactly what it is. Whichever way they sort of tart it up, she's charging a lot of money for something that, uh, you know, all over the place for, you know, not even a third of that price. Much, much less, much, much less. But she uh, she sort of tried to make it out as if she was doing people a favour. And so on the internet, she, there's a special site for people like that who want to sell, you know, 
acts of sex with themselves. Very worrying. Ben says, yes, the, uh, the HMRC scam sat somewhere. It's a sad... Uh, somewhere there is a sad African prince on billions of used notes, wondering why nobody answers him when he wants to give it away. I used to get them all the time, Ben. I used to get them, I used to get them from, from ladies. My husband, Mr. So-and-so, 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 uh, was part of this uh, group who were looking after the government, and he amassed a small fortune. He was basically a, th- uh, a crook. A crook. And, and she said, he's, he's just been found dead, and, and I want to uh, give you some money. And I said, how nice. So I didn't used to write back, and then they'd write back and say, uh, you know, um, um, I'd like to transfer and use your account. I thought that'll freak them out. And um, and then and we're going to give you so many million to look at what well, people fell for it. The producer used to get emails from the UN Secretary General, Ban Ki-moon. And he wanted his help with projects to develop the third world. I mean, look at that. And he turned it down. Turned it down. I used to get them mainly from Russian women <coughs> wanting to be my friend. I used to write back saying, I've got enough friends, thank you very much. I don't want any friends. I don't speak Russian either. But it's always interesting when people were failing that clinics offering me all sorts of enlargements and things like that. Very rude. Uh, the Daily Telegraph, the Duchess stars at the Royal Variety. No, she doesn't. She just turns up in a car. She's not got the bus. She turns up in a car. Hello, hello, hello. Here we go. Three hours of misery. Off you go. Sit in the box, you know, and, uh, and enjoy it. Uh, Love in High Places, Beatrice, that's the one who looks like she's been caught in the headlights of a huge truck. Uh, Brexiteer plotters fail to light the fuse. The Times, this is the uh, an erotic fresco depicting, uh, depicting the seduction of the Spartan Queen Leda by Zeus. It's just been found at Pompeii by archaeologists. Wow! What do you mean, just been found? That's amazing, isn't it? That's absolutely amazing. Uh, also, new ways to tackle the nut allergy crisis. And the Daily Star, in picture of Emily's battle of the shower and snakes. She's being paid for this. It's not, they've not dragged her in there, held her down. You know, you don't, you don't do the thing, you don't get the fee. It's as simple as that. And you don't win all sorts of bits and pieces. Uh, Schwart, sorry, Shrek, dwarf, six foot tall. This is, it's always been like that in Shrek the Musical. Obviously, the person who's complained about it, you know, why aren't they using dwarves? Because they don't want to. They want to use actors, and this is an actor. You know, that's the actor that they want. The theatre doesn't have any say in the casting of a show which is what we tried to explain. Sadly, no more time this morning. Bless your hearts for being with me. And we'll do it again tomorrow. Just before I go, time to let you know what's coming up on my free podcast today on The Little Bit Extra. I'll talk a bit more about Katie Price's latest ruse to dodge being declared bankrupt. Suddenly, everything that the talented businesswoman, author and super parent has said in the past about Harvey's father has been forgotten. You'll also hear about the latest bad news for Anne McPartland. It seems that you, the public, aren't that bothered. Plus some more proof that money... Doesn't make your kids intelligent. From the families of Phil Green and Bernie Eccleston, they must get a bit twitchy about their fortunes. Go on, leave it to Battersea Cat and Dogs Home. My little bit extra is totally free and available very shortly from wherever you get your podcasts from. Make sure you download the LBC app as well as listening to LBC. Wherever you are, you can listen back to this and all of the other programmes from the last week for free on the catch-up feature. Just download the LBC app for iPhone or Android. Tap on catch-up. I tell you... There better be some trains at Waterloo this morning. I'm not going through that again. At 10 o'clock this morning, it's James O'Brien. But next, with breakfast, it's Nick Ferrari. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am.